two quick notes. Uh, one, Duckfeed is entirely listener supported by patrons such as yourself. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, you can uh, check out what we have on offer, see what you get in return, um, what we plan to do, all of those things. I'm super excited about reaching the Heartbeat City goal and have been already started planning out what things to cover for Unfilmable. Uh, these are all things I'm really looking forward to, and we appreciate your support. You know who else appreciates your support is the Transactive Gender Center. Um, this year, we are looking at uh, December 9th and 10th, or actually starting on December 8th in the evening, that Friday, uh, Duckstream, our 48-hour yearly charity live stream event for the Transactive Gender Center. Um, not a lot of details yet. We just got done with PRGE this last weekend. As you can hear in my voice, I have a little bit of a cold. I'm stuffed up. Um, but that is the weekend we are doing it. And uh, it is going to be 48 hours of streaming funness and goodness, uh, special guests, special goofs, um, everything you come to expect. So uh, mark your calendars for that weekend, and uh, more details are to come. And please uh, be generous if you're able to. We love the Transactive Gender Center and are really happy to do this for them. And I know they appreciate your support. And we appreciate your support. Thank you. Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Transistor, which is an action RPG developed and published by Supergiant Games for the PC in 2014. Um, this is an executive produced episode, Gary. Yeah, yeah, this was dictated to us. It, much like uh, our good friend Nox and our good friend Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, uh, this was demanded, um, nay requested by john c bird uh, he's been popping oh, up a lot yeah, yeah because he, he was on the uh m- maybe that's out now i don't know he's on uh-huh. abject suffering because he also did one yes. of those thank you so yeah. much john thank you for your support john and thank you for picking this game uh which i would have been meaning to replay mm-hmm. and i love dearly yeah so um, and, and i got cool to play it for the first time i had been meaning to play for the first time and i'm very happy that i did yeah it's this, good. Is, this is this is something special yeah even um, even it, a five-hour game you need to find an excuse to play yeah, it is a nightmare uh, existence. You're all trapped in this hellscape with us, <laughs> yep. and we will uh, will help each other through the nightmare <laughs> lands. Um, yeah, really excited to uh, to talk about this, and it's uh, it's actually kind of a game that I think uh, does better with multiple plays. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and it was good to get that ex- excuse to get that second one in because I'm not somebody who likes starting a game over as soon as I finish it. Even though this you know, does give if, you the option, like this is built for new game plus. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And this, I didn't play new game plus I played new game again because I wasn't sure of the changes. Mm -hmm. Um, but even just playing it a second time kind of lets you get some of the, the story and, and stuff that will kind of sink in a little bit better. Some of it, so much of it's based on like a mystery. Um, yes. you know, so, so many, so many terms are not defined in this world that super giant has built. Yes, it is. Uh, it is actually, um, and just, you know, again, parodies of ourselves, but in a different way. Um, it is, uh, feels real bloodborne to me. Mm, yeah. Uh, in that respect, like it is, uh, you know, usually when you make that souls comparison, we're talking about the combat. Um, the way this game tells its story and the degree to which it, uh, does that is very, very similar to the way that I enjoyed Bloodborne. Like there are people who played Bloodborne and they got really into, uh, you know, the minutia and actually figuring out timelines and things like that. Um, and that's, that's great. And I don't have, you know, there's no, I have no problem with that. I have no judgment, but that didn't help me enjoy it. And with Bloodborne was the first Souls game where I was like, you know what? I kind of had to unfocus and, and just kind of let these, these kind of themes and, and, and impressions kind of float to the top of my, my brain, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, I think this game works really well for that. Yeah. Uh, and not that there isn't, you know, interest to be found when you actually dig a little bit deeper, which, you know, I, I've done, like, it's, I'm not shirking research, but I think it's, it's a game that you get, uh, similar to Bastion. This is something they both have in common, where if you just kind of like play it and pick up what you pick up, you'll get a good idea of kind of the emotional truth that is at the center of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, the, this is a game that at its heart is about the relationship between your character and, and her sword, which is not as dumb as it sounds like. Um, yeah. but it, yeah, uh, her, her USB, right. Um, it is about USBs and debit cards. Like it is entirely, <laughs> um, well, it's got that too, but the, the weird thing in comparison, and this is like maybe a wrap up thing and I'll talk about this more in uh -huh. like two and a half hours, but the, um, just to bring it up here is that it does feel to me very different than Bastion, which was like Bastion felt like a, uh, a metaphor, for an interpersonal relationship. And this is really Philip K. Dickey mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like its sci-fi ideas. Yes. Like which Bastion almost didn't have. Bastion was like a pastiche of this kind of suggestion of mm -hmm. something. And this is all cloud anxiety and utopia anxiety and stuff. Like there's a lot more kind of world um, theming. Yeah. To um, this than interpersonal. Like the interpersonal stuff is definitely there, but mm -hmm. it feels a little bit less of a focus. It's a, it, it's more of an, a, 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 a superficial emotional core. Let's say that like yeah. it is, it is the, it is the compelling idea that, um, you know, provide, provides the immediate drama that is set against the backdrop of those Philip, Philip K. Dick ideas. Yeah. And gives you the impetus to explore yeah. those kind of things. Like this is, this is two people who were impacted by these kind of grand sci-fi ideas. Right. And yeah. the, like, one of the brilliant things about the game, and we'll get to this, um, is that the way that it tells its story is through, like, I feel like it's meant to be something where only a little bit of it bubbles up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that way that, the way that I appreciate it that was not exhaustive, uh, feels like the intended experience to me. Yeah. Um, your, your Bloodborne comparison actually unlocks something for me as well, because so much of this is about the setting. It's about the city where it takes place, Cloudbank, uh, mm -hmm. which is the name of it. You know, you're inside of a computer. Um, and you know, it's, it, it, there's a little bit of Yarnum in that, you know, so much of Bloodborne is about learning about the city and surrounding area where it takes place. You've, you've got that here. Um, additionally, you have just kind of these monolithic or huge outsized figures that have helped shape it. Yeah. Um, and, and you are in the wake well. of, yeah, you know, you, uh, like they actually instigate the initial part of the game, but you spend a lot of time 
dealing with their interpersonal relationships and their kind of regrets mm-hmm. and like in a way that's very similar to, uh, to Bloodborne. Yeah. Um, so it, it ends up being a really interesting game. There's like the other big comparison that pops up to me is, uh, I feel like Bastion and this, this, I came across this today when I was doing research in my, my brain, it unlocked for me is that, uh, Bastion to Transistor is very similar to like Gone Home is to Tacoma. Yeah. In that one is like, you know, Bastion to me is all personal mm-hmm. stuff. It's the kid, kid and the girl. You know, and that's that's the emotional core of that, uh, much like Gone Home, the emotional core of which is the family or, you know, the 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 kid girl and the, the girl girl. <laughs> right. Um, and then Tacoma is a little bit headier. Yeah. You know, as a thing, a little bit, maybe a less immediately emotionally resonant, but, uh, you know, kind of fucks with your head as opposed to with your with your heart. Mm hmm. You know, and that's that's a cool thing to do. Like it, it takes all kinds. Right, right. You know, you know. Yeah. Um, not that this doesn't have an emotional core, and a lot of that is like through the the audio visuals and stuff, which we'll oh, get to. Oh yeah, and and also the performance by the transistor itself. Um, oh yeah, and just the, uh, the 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 writing, the way that Red figures out how to interact with him is actually really heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it has like you know as good a soundtrack as Bastion has. This, this too. Right. That was a sentence. Um, but the, the, uh, the soundtrack a, in this game is absolutely fucking incredible. It's, it's a very different, um, style of music. Yeah. Um, but, um, it is equally as good at setting a mood and making a statement. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into it, uh, kind of going through notes. Those are like kind of over the, you know, high up. Uh, 50,000 feet. I, I like it. It's shit, good. But it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to get it again because it is, it is a real noteworthy game. Like I was really surprised. Uh, we, we are, we're living now in the, the, uh, the aftermath of Pyre right. having come out, which I bought and haven't played yet, but it brought like a lot of like kind of game journalist people who I, you know, trust and respect kind of coming out and being like, yeah, transistor didn't work for me. Bastion didn't work for me. And I was really surprised. Like so many people, you know, this didn't work for so many people. Yeah. I, especially upon revisiting. It's just like, wow, you know, really? I, I find that the further I can distance myself from the sign, the sine wave of hype and backlash, um, the better, especially when it's in those throws, <laughs> like I just, yeah. I, I have no, I have no time for anything, anything that, that whiffs of backlash right now. Yeah. 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 It just, it was, it was, it was, it's like a weird, it's a, it's a real delayed backlash. Mm-hmm. It's like using, using the presence of Pyre to be like, this is real good. <laughs> you know, it wasn't though in retrospect. Right. This, this it's, it's amazing. This terrible studio made something good. Wait, wait a minute. What? Yeah, no, no, you know, if you if you're batting by percentage, Supergiant is as good as any studio. Right. Like, and, and I haven't played Pyre yet, so I, but just going by like everything I know about it, like uh-huh. I'm fairly, like I'm like ninety five percent sure I'll really love it. Uh huh. I don't think a studio like has this batting average right now. I mean, outside of like Arcane. Yeah, Arcane. You know, Arcane's up there. Like, it's very rare though. Yeah. Extremely rare, and not rare. Like rare, right? It's extremely, it's, it's, it's not extremely inverse. rare in that respect. Yeah, <laughs> extremely common, uh, but also you know, the uh, it's extremely common, like studio. the rapper common, who pretty much makes who, who, good music. Who is a yeah. rare talent? Yeah, the um, the who is on first? <laughs> <laughs> the who? I don't know. I I listened to a couple of their albums. They're fine. Rare's on first. <laughs> rapper commons on second. Third base. Super giants on third. <laughs> yeah. Please, um, please give me my money. <laughs> <laughs> um, anywho um so this game as we mentioned it takes place in in cloud bank and and this is a weird thing that's actually like in the writing and the, the discourse about this is a point of convention contention and you picked up on it the same way i did that like mm-hmm. this is not real this is a cloud you know this is uh this is inside a computer right um this is a uh you know a singularity type thing right um 
tons of people think this is real. It is it is a <laughs> strange thing. I'm trying to find people interpreting this. And it's like, yes, you know, maybe, but like it, it just seems so much more accurate that this is a techno utopia that people upload their consciousness into. Everything is called programs and shit. Like it's yeah. It, like Yeah, I don't Tron exists. We've already gotten over this hump. Yeah, <laughs> like, a bunch of these people on these message boards need to see Tron. Have <laughs> played Tron too? Has, has, um, any, has anybody here seen Tron? No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, so in this game, uh, you're in CloudBank and you play as Red, who is a singer uh, who is attacked by uh, a gang called the Camerata, um, and uh, resulting in the loss of her voice. Right. Yep. And so you are initially heading out to get revenge, but um, events conspire to make this more of a world ending type of thing because the camarada is involved in some really serious shit. Your main weapon and companion is the transistor, um, which is this powerful kind of sword relic thing. Gary called it a USB and that feels pretty accurate. They sold those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they sold little transistor USBs. Yeah, nice. Um, uh, uh, this also houses the personality of someone that Red knew and was involved with. We never, we never get his name because Red cannot speak. But um, yeah, he's he's a file not found in the in-game like wiki lore things. Right. Uh, is this guy? And it, it's a it's it's a sword only in terms of shape. Right. Um, it functions much more like a magical item. It's like a catalyst. Like, yeah, it's a catalyst. Like you do spells. Mm -hmm. from it um it ends up ultimately housing many personalities but the only one who talks to you is the one that you knew best right uh, this file not found fella who's your boyfriend mr um, nobody yeah yeah so this this gives like kind of a bastion a similar like bastion like narrator function where the transistor kind of speaks to you about the events in the world but it's different in that uh it's not an omniscient voice no it's not somebody who is dictating or narrating what has happened you know up to that point it is somebody yeah. who is in the world and, you know, is a viewpoint who is knowledgeable about what you are seeing and what you're looking at and kind of gives voice to the character as well. Well, it's more that like it, it I don't think that the, the voice is more knowledgeable than your character. It's just that the voice can talk. That's what I mean. Uh, it's yeah, more yeah. knowledgeable so, like, than you as the player is, is, yeah. is what I mean. Yeah. It, it's, it's a it's a way, you know, rather than having Red walk around doing a Spider-Man like monologue <laughs> to herself of things she already knows. It's like a, it's a dialogue, you know, this one sided dialogue. Yeah. between the two and the, the performance as we mentioned like any any aspect of this presentation that we don't mention just assume that it is beyond excellent right you know like beyond reproach like the voice acting the music out the graphics all those things like we'll talk yeah. about them but if we miss something yeah. it's excellent and this narrator guy you know the the guy inside the transistor is excellent yeah i can see being put off by how many elliptical statements transistor ends up making um, you know, just kind of making a statement that stops midway that leads it does nowhere. less wear and tear on your knees. You should, <laughs> you should get into it, right? <laughs> but you know like, what I mean, right? Like, yeah. like, oh God, everybody. And then, you know, just it is, it is very much somebody, uh, in the world who, you know, who, who would be speaking with you if, they, if, if he was there alongside you. Um, but it is functioning like a narrator. And I, I could, I could see being put off by the fact that the narrator isn't acting more omnisciently. Yeah. You know, like realizing what he is because mm -hmm. uh, the game doesn't hold your hand with anything like you just you kind of figure out this shit. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, I can I can see that being off putting, especially coming directly from Bastion, because this game, you know, Supergiant hasn't made the same game twice. And like this is probably the thing it ha most has in common with Bastion other than just like impeccable production values. Right. You know, the perspective is the same, but it plays an entirely different game. Right. 
uh, you know, could not be more different. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're expecting maybe, you know, they could have just made like Bastion in the computer and just had it be an action RPG. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, and, and that flavor as opposed to what this weird, you know, strategy hybrid that it is. Right. It'd be fine. I'd play it. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. I, played, I mean, in, as long as it wasn't Bastion 2, because again, like, you know, Bastion 2 ruins the theming of Bastion, I feel like. <laughs> right. But if they just made Transistor and it played like that, but they didn't do that. Um, no. What they did was, you know, you still move around from this isometric perspective and you can run around and kind of play it like that, but you shouldn't. No. Um, you're actually you, you really disempowered. Die. You you, like, yeah. you cannot attack frequently enough um, or with enough precision to make that happen. It's almost like you are a jazz singer as opposed <laughs> to a warrior. Right. Um, you know, so, you, yeah, you're, you're garbage at that. Um, you can do it, uh, but you shouldn't. Right. Uh, the, the real kind of hook of this, the, the hook of the game is that you have the ability to freeze time um, and do these turns, uh, they're called. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, you have a certain that, that will allow you to program in actions uh, and then you do them very quickly, kind of like that, like vats. Vats would be the closest comparison I yeah. could I, I could think of. Either that or if you consider your party in a Baldur's Gate game to be all one big character. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pause. Pause and issue your commands and then unleash, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. So each of the moves that you do take up a certain amount of your AP. And this informs kind of a rhythm of play. Um, making it a little bit turn-based, you're going to dial in everything you want to do, all of your maneuvers and attacks, um, and then that will execute. And most of the time, it will land because, yeah, you know, you're you're planning it out. You move super fast. Well, right. you know, time freezes while you're while you're planning, and then when you actually execute, you move a lot more fast and, and efficiently. Right. Right. Um, and then you're going to have this kind of round of avoiding ta- uh, avoiding attacks while your meter charges up. Yes. Yeah. That, that's kind of the, the, the out of the box function of this. You can play with both those things mm-hmm. and knowing when not, you know, when to play this like Bastion mm-hmm. is really important as well. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it, no, it ends up being like, like kind of really impressively deep. Oh yeah. In that respect. And then that, the, so that's very noteworthy as it is. Like I'm, I've always been kind of surprised that more games haven't done things with like vats. Right. You know, like a vats like function because that's really fun and satisfying. Yeah. What is truly impressive is this gives you one of the most like customized move sets, um, I think, like in a game. Right. In terms of you know the difference between so like yes maybe in you know Path of Exile or something like there are mm-hmm. a lot more little abilities, but when a bunch of those are plus two percent frost damage, like it doesn't matter. Right. Here you end up at the end of the game, you end up with this suite of uh, is it twelve, twelve or fourteen, um, different abilities. All of which that can be slotted, used in three different ways. 16. That six, or yeah, 16, uh, 16 abilities, like each of which can be used in three different ways, each of which can be combined with each of the other one and reverse <laughs> combined. Yep. Uh, with that. And when you go into New Game Plus, you get extra copies of them so they can be doubled up. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be co- combined up to three times. Like you have an amazing verb set in this game. Yeah. And I understand that being a turnoff for people, for some people. Uh, but for me, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, this is this is why I play games um, <laughs> is for this expression piece, right? Like I've talked about that before. Like player expression is my the most important gaming value I have mm-hmm. to use a phrase like gaming value. Um, <laughs> and it's just like this is huge for that. Right. Huge, huge, huge. The, well, so the game does an amazing job of revealing this complexity um, by, by, by kind of ratcheting you, ratcheting you up order of magnitude after order of magnitude very slowly. And not very, mm-hmm. I mean, slowly it's a five hour game, but you know, it doesn't drop all of this on you at once. It's gradual. Right. So 
you know, it starts off, you have powers that you could just load into your face buttons and, oh, these are just different attacks. Here's an AOE. Here's, here's my direct. I'm just going to slam my sword into somebody attack. Um, here's something in a line like, okay, cool. I have a couple of these. I get my head around it. Then it unlocks the upgrade, um, uh, slots and then the passive slots. And then just, it kind of dawns on you. It dawned on me, you know, kind of not knowing that that was going to be the case. It dawned on me and that was uh, just a delightful moment of discovery. Um, mm-hmm. figuring it out, you know, figuring out that I just, just had the ability to change things up as much as you do. Yeah. And it, and it continues at scales with the whole game because you are getting that gradual drip feed. Mm-hmm. So like late in the game, it is still really fun to like try new things. Right. You know, like to be like, Oh, I just got a new ability. This now adds exponentially. Like this can combine with the other 12 abilities I already have mm-hmm. and, and reverse. You know, so you're instantly given, you know, like like 27 <laughs> new like new things to do, and that sounds really overwhelming, but there's a logic to them as well. There really is. Uh, so like you know something like um, the the spark uh, ability always uh, splits things mm-hmm. into different. You know, will always separate something. So you can kind of you know that that's a little bit different when you change that as a passive, but um, you know you you can kind of guess. Right. what that'll be that'll give us something a spread shot so there's a logic to it too you're not just kind of casting about in the dark no like each of these abilities when, <laughs> when you use it in its non just kind of like primary active use capacity it will it will confer something that is related to its active use to whatever you attach it to yes you know be that another attack or to red herself so if you take that spark attack and you um kind of pin that to a different uh to, you know to a different attack as an upgrade all of a sudden you have a bigger area of effect on it or it turns yeah. you know from a regular attack into an area of effect if you take your skill that lets you um just kind of like take quick hops around the arena it's a very useful thing in your active slot on a passive slot what that will do is um, I believe it makes it so that um, uh, uh, you can use it while you recharge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is huge. Like that. That's actually the the secret to breaking the game. Uh huh. Is uh is doing that and then doing the uh, the one that gives you the super user. Uh huh. Chance the companion thing as a passive. Mm-hmm. Uh. The, the, the that there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's transistor. Um. Th- there's there's a lot of different ways to break the game though. One of the things I really love about it is if you go on like Steam message boards, mm-hmm. it is people posting tons of game breaking combinations and they're all different. Right. And the game isn't like, you know, overly easy or anything. Like, I don't think this is a particularly hard game, but it's not like super easy. It feels really well balanced. Uh, yeah. Really, real, real well balanced. But like the fact that it is just like, you know, Hey, here's this cool, like you get a new ability. like okay. This does damage over time. And you think, wait a minute, if I put this on my super fast ability that costs like nothing, mm-hmm. I can poison every enemy on the screen and still have half my bar left. Yep. And the answer is yes. Yep. <laughs> you know, like it is like playing D&D with a good DM. Uh-huh. You know, in a lot of ways, like if you think you can do it, if you come up with some kind of combination of these powers, like for the most part, it will work and be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have that kind of thing where you have, you know, the scourge of video games, which is like you know, plus 20% shotgun damage. You know, garbage like you you don't get unmeaningful upgrades. No, no. It's just, everything just changes a verb as opposed to just modifying it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, just, and just and just being about numbers like it's almost never just numbers. Yeah. Making it making it about, you know, play player expression, you know, just to, to, to dive even deeper into that. Every person has a different way that they want to play. You know, this was something mm-hmm. that was true about Bastion. Different different weapons appealed to me. Um, you know, just because the way I wanted to play, I liked rapid fire kind of stuff that carries over here too. And so like mm-hmm. I had 
some attacks that I just really wanted to rely on most of the time. And a lot of the joy, you know, came from the fact that, okay, when I find a new module or when I find a new function, I pull that up and say, ah, that's not going to replace anything that I already do. It's just going to make the things that I like to do better. Yeah. It's <laughs> never, it's never like if you pair something, like there are always upgrades to things. So if, if you like, let's say you get the, uh, the poison effect and you're like, I'm just not going to play that way. I want to do big damage and kill them rather than like plank, plank away at them. Right. Like adding poison to even your big attack is not going to hurt it. It's going to be great for bosses. Like it's always a benefit if you have the, you know, the points to put into it because there's kind of a point build system. Mm hmm. Uh, for, for these things, really impressive shit. Yeah. Um, something that's great and something that like kind of like leans into this aspect of it a little bit. The game is kind of divided up into these, um, encounters, you know, you walk mm -hmm. into an area and then it's kind of cordoned off and you have a kind of predetermined mix of enemies that you're going to fight for this particular encounter before it, you know, pulls up your experience screen and shows you what you killed and you move on. If something mm -hmm. is giving you trouble, you can just iterate, you know, close reload open up and then gear up for that next one better <laughs> mm -hmm. or just try something different you know try a different approach and that yeah. way it has that kind of soul's dna as well yeah um something i want to mention too is that it is so rare so these the two qualities this have um and it's very hard for me to think of other games that do this where not only are all upgrades meaningful but there are tons of them mm -hmm. like usually that's the trade-off right like you either have a path of exile style thing and it sounds like i'm really beating up on that but you can substituted in literally any Diablo like um, you either have tons and tons of different options, but they, they suck, you know, or you have uh, you have something like Hollow Knight, which I love Hollow Knight and mm -hmm. Hollow Knight has uh, one of the reasons why I love it is all of the upgrades are incredibly meaningful. Right. But there's like seven, <laughs> you know, so like you do something like this where it's like by the end, you just have what is functionally limitless combinations and they're right. all cool and good. It is it is a density of very good core ideas that happen to be infinitely combinable. Yeah, really, really impressive. And the way that it reminds me of like Isaac too. The yeah. way that like synergies are what you're you're looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, like you know, to a certain kind of player, like this is just I just want to attack shit. Like yep. I just I just need to you know, hammer you know tap a tap a tap and get through this. I want to mm -hmm. play this like Zelda, and yeah. then this, it's not going to work for you. No, no. But, in fact, it will actively reject you. Like trying yeah. to play this like that. Uh, it's not going to fly. And I could see that being the root cause of a lot of people's dissatisfaction with it. It looks like it will play like Bastion and Bastion is more, more along the lines of, of what you were describing, you know, yeah. the Zelda side. It is, isn't that when we were talking about it uh, in the Slack, when we announced it and stuff, a couple of people brought that up, but like the game tells you what to do, mm -hmm. you know, to, to come into it, uh, to be like, yes, I'm going to play it. You know, to, to have that opinion that you mentioned, I think that did, did happen, but you have to be willfully you know, unwilling to, to take the game on its own terms then mm -hmm. you know then they'd be like i want to play madden but i want to play it like an action game and it's like well it's, it's really not you know <laughs> right right it's just not the type of game it is because the game doesn't hide that from you it's not like you do have to discover how to play it but mm -hmm. if you actually read and listen the game tells you all the time yeah and then like if it you're, just, like, it's just a matter of oh i i didn't expect it to be that I, i'm not arguing yeah. for that that from that position i i fucking love this hybrid real-time yeah, yeah. term no, I, no, I, yeah. I know you are but it's just a thing where some people were just like yeah the game doesn't do a good job of that and it's like no it actually does an extremely good job of that you just have to actually you've tuned out the 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 words you know mm -hmm. like the game has the the ai the tutorializing of it um, the transistor, if, if you are struggling, the game knows when you're struggling because you're not taking your turn enough. And the sword will literally just say, hey, you know, you should you should take your you know, you should use your turn function, mm -hmm. you know, and then the little tutorial like it just tells you. Right. So there, there's a weird thing where people have I feel like have blamed this game for not doing a good job of explaining itself. 
when they're just like, yeah, but I don't want to read or listen to anything. Yeah. You know, well, you know OK. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I haven't I haven't seen that. I've, I've seen more like, oh, I expected more Bastion and it wasn't that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen both. Like I've seen, I've seen both as things and it's just like neither of which, you know, I expected more Bastion is fair because mm-hmm. then it just, you know, a screenshot of this might look a little bit like Bastion. Just a mismatch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the other things too, that we, we didn't talk about, um, is that not only do these different abilities you get, uh, you know, drastically change your verb set and everything, they are tied to the personality of other people you're putting inside your, your yeah. transistor. Yeah. I've got that and down there ma- further. And they, and they make sense. Uh huh. You know, so not only is this uh, just because, you know, it makes sense when you're collecting collecting functions. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, going to it, going to it now where like uh, not only does that it change how the game tells its story, mm-hmm. you know, like you're getting uh, by combining different functions, uh, you get new little bits of the biography of these people. Yeah, it reveals more or, of their profile. Yes. Uh, which is the arc who were the architects of the situation and tell you the story more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also is very, very clever the way that like, oh, this guy is a. Uh, he races vehicles mm-hmm. and he's the guy who gives you the dash. Yeah. You know, so when you have that, you have this, this racer or, you know, this guy was this huge athlete and he's the guy who gives you the, uh, like the pure power destructive function, mm-hmm. things like that. So these people, when they become kind of these functions, when they get uh, kind of absorbed into the process or what have you, uh-huh. um, they, uh, boy, that sneeze that happened in the background, my landlord did actually <laughs> startled me pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. I don't know if that came through on the mic. It did. Um, I, I was wondering yeah. what it was. Yeah. Just go sneeze. Um, but the, uh, uh, so not only boy, that, 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 the ghost sneeze really got me. <laughs> was, <laughs> I lost you, my train of thought. You get pooped. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got, I got spooped. Yeah. yeah you're, the, you're, uh, you're talking, you're talking about, um, the personalities of different people in the world. Uh, oh yeah. Being related um, to what they let you do. Yeah. It's just, it's very clever. I feel like I had mm-hmm. something more profound than just to say it was clever again, but yeah. the, uh, we'll never know thanks to ghost sneeze. <laughs> so no, it's a, it, it is a great way, um, to tell a story. You know, we, we know that from, from souls, uh, but also it is a great way to link mechanic and, and, and narrative. Right. Mm. Oh yeah. And no, it's also too, I remember what I was going to say. Um, it's also the way it, so it links mechanic and narrative it also, like everything in Transistor, you opt into the degree that you want. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when you earlier and you're saying like you just had a set of abilities you really liked, uh, the game's not going to punish you for finding something that works and sticking with it. No. Just like the game's not going to really punish you for not reading this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you you, you combine your abilities in new ways to unlock additional story. If you don't care, enough of the story will bubble up to where I think you'll get a mood and like some kind of themes mm-hmm. that are adequate. You know, if you it's there, if you want to dig in, yeah. um, but if you don't want to, you don't have to. And I feel yeah. like that, like a lot of the systems in this game function as such. Yeah. Well, the, the the game almost has a mandatory way to enforce you to experiment, which is the way that it handles death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh, if you have a full AP tank, if you haven't taken an action, it will put you into an emergency turn, which will kind of take you back in time and let you avoid the, the, the thing which might have killed you, uh, which is good and fair. Um, if you don't have, I don't, full... I don't know. I don't, I, sorry, not to cut you off. I don't think it works that way. I don't think no? you avoid the thing that kills you. I think it just, it absorbs the hit and gives you a turn. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, so I, you're, you're, there's no time travel involved. You just, you, you, instead of when you get hit, you don't take damage. Instead, it just instigates a turn right then. Yeah. I just, I just misunderstood the way that yeah. that, the, the way that it did that. Um, yeah. yeah. So if that doesn't happen, if you, you know, if you don't trigger the emergency turn, uh, what will happen is you will overload one of the functions, you know, that is loaded into the transistor, taking away one of your abilities. Um, and it mm-hmm. will remain unavailable until you pass a certain number of checkpoints. Yeah. Two. Which, 
uh, two, which means yeah. that you're, you know, the next time you reach a checkpoint, you're going to want to use it, but you're also going to want to sub something else in. So you're not running around with one of your four hands tied behind your back. So all of a sudden, guess what? I'm calling you up from the bench spark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I really, I really like spark, but it's um, no, spark, spark is very good. Spark is good. I just, um, I, it was the one I could think of, <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the bummers is I, I can never remember the name of these things. No, I, think, I feel no. like they have kind of generic names, which is, is, part of you know part of a mild annoyance but the um yeah the, the way that uh that life works is really really cool and it means even if you um the thing it takes when you die is the highest memory right thing so it's largely it's probably where you have your most oomph, mm-hmm. you know so it, it it is it is a very strong encouragement to try other things and yeah. to have a backup and diversify because if you're leaning really hard on one ability um that's what that's what's going to go yeah so this invokes this kind of constant churn uh, if you're losing if you're losing some lives which forces you to just kind of rotate out and try different things out because you don't want to a you don't want to have a blank action slot but also you don't want to have an unaugmented um <laughs> move in your set um mm-hmm. so this is a way that you get more of those combinations that lets you get more of the story um and it helps you expand and think about different uh, uh different counters um down the line. This is a great ease of use consideration too because effectively this means you have four lives within an individual encounter. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of like the poor get poorer to it. Mm-hmm. You know like if you but since you're not resetting, you know so the damage you've done sticks. Mm-hmm. So like you do get less powerful as you die. But uh, you can kind of, you can whittle away something. Yeah. So, like we said, this isn't an ex- this is not an exceedingly hard game. There are encounters toward the end where losing those abilities added to a sense of desperation, and you know mm-hmm. gave me those dramatic moments where I just barely scraped by um, yeah. in an encounter. Which I think those are those are valuable experiences in a game, um, and kind of hard to manufacture. Yeah, that, that, that's the goal. Right. Yeah. Um, so that you know that works uh, extremely well. Um, there's also a thing called uh, limiters in this, which they brought over directly from Bastion. And Bastion, they're like these gods you can pray to. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, there are limiters that you can turn on that give you additional uh, XP to make combat more difficult. Right. Um, you know, neat. I'm glad that they're there. I'm glad they're optional. Mm-hmm. You know, as a thing, like I, you know, some of them were were did not seem worth the XP cost. No, no. To me, but other ones were, you know, this is like, oh, I can, I can deal with this. There, there are some that are like, oh, this would just make things a nightmare. Something I didn't make a note of in here, but it's probably worth mentioning. All of all the enemies that you're fighting are part of something called the process, which mm-hmm. are like the like the demons um, in the computer sense, like little maintenance bots that keep the uh, that keep the cloud world together. Um, when you kill one of them, they turn into a cell. And um, if you do not run over and pick up the cell before a timer goes down, it respawns into a different enemy. Yeah. Um, there and were, there, and there were some of those that, like, yeah, that make it shielded or make two of them spawn yeah. or, or, or just, like, drastically reduce the amount of time that you have to go and confirm the kill before it comes back. Those are, those are very, like, yeah, those ones are rough. Yeah. Like, I, I could always deal with, like, just enemies do more damage or have more health before I could deal with those. Because the... Uh, until you figure out to put your, you know, because the, the dodge roll is very useful, but until you realize it's so much more useful to let you attack out of turn, mm-hmm. um, it like the ones that are shielded was just murder. Yeah. Because I would I would kill something during my turn and then have to wait for the whole recharge while the, the cells were shielded <laughs> and counting down, like super, super tough. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the game is absolutely gorgeous and the music is really really good uh includes more vocal tracks than than Bastion does which makes sense for like having a jazz singer as a protagonist mm-hmm. no. has more um, of a more of an electronic palette 
to it, mm-hmm. which again makes sense because of the setting. Um, yeah, and it does a great job at setting the mood. It has kind of this, uh, the, the, this darker, uh, kind of smokier aspect to it, which is, yeah. which is, which is nice. Um, something that pretty much everybody talks about when this game is brought up, um, and should be mentioned now is that you have a hum button, which means your character will stand still. Uh, there will, a spotlight will come up and she will start humming along the vocal line to the song that you're hearing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your sword will kind of, kind of glow at, at this point because she, you know, she doesn't have her voice right at this point. So it is like her accessing her voice in the sword Yeah, is what I always look at as. And there's also a, um, a button I think is literally called flourish, yep. which you just do a fun little jump that is not useful for platforming. And it's just a little thing. Like <laughs> I love those, you know, the, the boy and his Bob hug button. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of, you know, that is the, your example yeah. that I, that, that yeah. I like. I also just give, give me the ability. If you have an animal in your game, let me pet it. Come on. Yeah. Let me pet that puppy. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of bummed out, uh, you know, because as as we mentioned, uh, we haven't announced it yet. But when this comes out, we will have announced it that we're doing Witcher Three, and like, you're so mean to Roach, and I really just want there to be like a <laughs> feed Roach oats button, or like, yeah. you know, I know that it's like an interchangeable horse. Like he does not care about Roach one bit, but like, right. he's, he's a good boy. If I have you know? an apple in my inventory, give one to that to that good good horse. Yeah, g- give that horse an apple. Yeah. God damn it, Ger- Geralt of Rivera. <laughs> Garrett, it's a good yeah. horse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, like very, very beautiful soundtrack, uh, much of which will end up in this episode. Um, the world itself is really interesting. Um, and one of the ways that it is presented, um, are these OWC terminals that are around. So the way this gives you your story, rather than having a narrator kind of omnisciently tell it to you is you have these, uh, news stations around that either give you updates or allow, uh, you know, in this kind of utopian world, uh, that you're in. Um, you know, not at the time you're in it, but, mm-hmm. you know, originally kind of, uh, a flavor of, you know, dysto- dystopic utopia, um, allows, you know, everything is done by group consensus. Right. So people vote for the weather, people vote for the color of the sky, things like that. This is after um, the really Helios ending of Deus Ex. Yeah, yeah, very much so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Red uh, has no enemies, just topographies of ignorance. <laughs> so. so, uh, so that's a cool, that's a cool little detail. And I, I, I'll, I will always enjoy getting my story through, uh, news, new, like newspaper clipping kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you get. You know, like there are journalists who are reporting on kind of the catastrophe that is happening inside the city. Um, and every time one of these pops up, if it's not a vote, you can actually like pull up and comment and, mm-hmm. Something that's amazing about this is it doesn't just have have red type out what she means. Um, yeah, she will, you can like, see her thinking, right? So she'll type out like one version of it and say, "No, that's too harsh," or "That's like not not exactly what I mean." Backspace, write something else. She'll iterate through like three or four different forms of the message, and you're absolutely right. It's like Google Wave or whatever. You can see them thinking out loud. Well, it also there's a part where she explicitly uses it to talk to the tr- the person in the transistor. That is so good. It's I real clever. So like, much. you know, she figures out a way to communicate with him when she can't talk is just having him look over his shoulder mm-hmm. as she types at a terminal. Um, really, really good moment. Yeah. Yeah. Way, way into it. Um, this is a very popular game. Yeah. Uh, sold mm-hmm. over a million copies in its first year. Um, and it's also available on a number of systems, primarily PC. It's on PS4, uh, not Vita. Mm-hmm. It would be a very good game on Vita. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious how the iOS or tvOS versions of this would work. It would like better than Bastion. Yeah. Like iOS is on Bastion. It was on sale one day and I, I bought it and it doesn't Ooh, work. No, no. Um, you know, but it was 99 cents. So I was like, ah, you know. Is that just a digital D-pad nightmare kind of thing? Yep. Or, digital D-pad nightmare, man. 
It, it should be undone. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but this would work a lot better because like you do have to be pretty quick dodging things, but if you're, yeah, maybe it wouldn't work better because yeah. the, the, the strategy part would work fine, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, um, but the, 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 uh, the dodging is so important. Like yeah. that is a, as important and as much of a skill as knowing how to, you know, input your strat your strategies. I bet you it's still just a digital D-pad nightmare. Ugh. Yeah, I, I haven't played it, but like, it's a bummer. Like People what, should stop porting things to iOS. What a fucking monkey's paw wish that was. Hey, I have this amazing rectangle that can do literally anything. It's powerful in most computers that exist in the world. Uh, for games, though, all I can do is have this. I don't know. It, it feels like you're uh, you're you're fucking with five condoms on. Like, it, yeah, it's just the, the 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 least, just the 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 worst, least intuitive interface for all of this horse garbage. Wozniak, I got a snow pants on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? Well, no, that's just a character I'm working on. <laughs> I like the idea of having a snow pants on your dick. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the uh, that's the the thing I've always used for you know for complaining about condoms in a totally non creepy way, just to other men and not in a pressury way to any ladies I've been engaged with. Right, but like, right. yeah, they they undeniably suck. Like they're great for what they do, uh-huh. you know, but they don't they don't feel good. Right. Like they suck really bad. I, 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 I really didn't mean to like take shots at condoms, and that's why I said putting five on. Yeah, or snow pants. Right. You know, which is like the equivalent. Right. Of, uh, here, here first, kids. Watch out for sex ed. If you don't have five condoms, use a snow pants. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you can reuse the snow pants. The the um, but yeah, it doesn't. Uh, there's and and the weird thing about iOS too, like if if they did, I wonder if they did like a non sleek version of the phone that had buttons. Mm-hmm. Like I'd probably be into that. I mean, you know, like the closest you're going to get is some kind of weird little cradle that has buttons and stuff on it. Yeah, they have those. They have those. Bad. They have those things. I've, I've got one of those, and it's like it just it's just the side of too much of a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Do so it, as opposed to you know, and and it's still like iOS has a great gaming platform. You just have to exclusively play games that are made for it. Right. You know, even even games that are made for iOS that use virtual D pads are still not very good. No, no. Like I like Super Crate Box and I think that uh, League of Evil is a like a well designed game. I just wish I could play them. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're just not, you know, it just every time I'm gonna get frustrated and yeah. you know, fuck something up, you know. Everything should just be like a card game or like a you know, an a, an over uh interface where you're above everything and just kind of controlling it. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to having a third person avatar. Well it doesn't have to just be top down, like something like SteamWorld Heist works amazing on an iPad. Yeah, well, because it's also that's turn based. It's turn based, and you're yeah, doing turn based. Tr- 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 anything is good. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, or or just something that just doesn't, uh, you know, just doesn't inter- interact with that realm at all. Yeah, you know, like obviously text based things, or like, you know, you you look at something like Reigns, mm-hmm. uh, which is so simple, but like is just perfect. Yeah, on the system, and I will always take a game that is designed for the system it's on before something that is maybe a little bit better that is not. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'm stuck in that I'm stuck in that uh, weird little twilight zone between am I curious enough to try this uh, and also do I want to spend five dollars to try this? I mean, if it comes up on a sale again, I might pick it up just to have it in right. case like I'm like stuck in a very dire airport situation. Right. And I just really need to play transistor. But, like, <laughs> in case you're somehow terminaled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, and the and the way out is is hidden in the 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 biography for like. Chase McGuffin or whatever the, uh, you know, one of the, one of these characters in this. Yeah. But the, um, yeah, I don't know. It is a, it is a frustrating thing as, as an early, not an early adopter to iOS games, but it was like one of the first things I, you know, one of the reasons why I, I adopted it as a platform. Yeah. Yeah. Or games. So, yep. 
Um, let's get into it. Let's do it. So we start uh, here picking up the pieces um, kind of after this this intro uh, that we have, uh, or this kind of is the intro that we have. Yes. Um, where uh, Red is woken up by her sword, this kind of very iconic image of her laying down next to the transistor, which is like, kind of like a big, you know, buster sword, uh, sword, but also looks like a USB stick. Yeah, yeah. It's got kind of a rounded end on it, um, a long, thin handle, and there's a big red eye uh, kind of embedded mm-hmm. in the center. And as... As it speaks, you know, even when you're running around in the world and it's, you know, dragging, Red is dragging it behind your pulling up sparks in a very, uh, cool anime style nod. Um, <laughs> uh, like the, it'll glow intermittently. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But she, she wakes up. You're on this kind of town square. Uh, the transistor is embedded, uh, in the stomach of a man who's lying down next to her. And Red, as we, as we discussed, doesn't, you know, doesn't have her voice. Yeah. And she, she cannot talk. Um, she picks up. We get our basic kind of combat introduction here, right. um, with only one, you know, one ability. Yeah. Um, crash, just... which is her when she just kind of slams the sword down. Right. Continues to be useful. Has a uh, surprisingly long range, um, and is great for augmenting with uh, with a bunch of other stuff. But like... it's, a, it's a debuff. Yep. Like once something is crashed, that's like it, it reduces. It makes it more susceptible to damage. So mm-hmm. it does double duty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as we head down to the promenade, there's the first of these weather terminals. I, I obviously vote for rain, um, because I want it to be moodier. Bad things are happening. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and as of this moment, we don't really understand what it is we're fighting. They're these, you know, robots that have kind of a uniform look to them. They're white. They have these, these red eyes. Um, and they don't speak. Yeah. They look a little bit like, um, the, uh, the big hero six. Charming inflatable robot. Right, right. Like Bimo? No, Bimo's from Adventure Time. I yeah. can't remember the name of the uh, the Big Hero Six robot, but look a little bit like him. Right. You know, um, we we're just kind of fighting fighting normal ones. One of the really interesting uh, things in this, and this, you know, doesn't come up just yet, but it'll come up when we first fight uh, the jerk enemy, <laughs> is that they just come up as processes until they get named. Yep. The transistor is the one who names them. Yeah. So it's just like what what they're they're just working titles mm-hmm. for these things. I, I really really like it. Um, and something we're going to run into down the line. Each of them has uh, kind of evolved versions. You know. Yeah. Um, so it's you know jerk, and then there's jerk 2.0, jerk 3.0. Yeah. 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 Chad. Um. Jeff. <laughs> Chet. <laughs> God, Chet. Come yeah, on, Chet. Chet. If you ever met a Chet, like, you, you you don't walk away from that. <laughs> Nobody gets Chetted. Get away from that situation. Yeah. Done, you're done with Chet. Um, so we find a corpse on the ground and get our second function. Right. Uh, at this point, you know, the transistor's like, hey, she wants to come with us. Uh, we get this kind of this cluster bomb attack, which is not Spark, but is... No, it's Spark. It's Spark? Oh, yeah, that one's Spark. Yeah. You, you, um, you tell, what you, I always mix up with Spark. Yeah, probably Breach, which is which is the move. Bre- Breach is like the snipe one. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. It's it's the other one that's a... It, there's one of them that's an area effect and one of them that's a spread shot. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the spread shot one is. Yeah. Anywho. Can't, can't tell you. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is the one that does the, uh, the cluster bomb. It's an area of effect. Uh, what's great, um, and something just about the iconography of this game that I really enjoy when you go into strategy mode, it's not on a grid. Uh, instead, there are yeah. a bunch of dots that kind of move and flow as you're going around them. Um, and this is great for kind of judging distances a little bit and, uh, understanding with something like this, roughly how far something will spread even before you start moving it around. Yeah. It's also when you do it, uh, the soundtrack gets muted and you just hear the humming. Mm-hmm. Like Red starts humming during it and it just sounds really, really cool. <laughs> yep. Like you're underwater for a second. Yeah. It's like you're, you, you, you have, you have moved inward and you are away from the music and concentrating real hard. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Way into it. Um, but yeah, at this point, you know, this is your third move. You have crash, you have spark, your cluster bomb, and then you have breach at this point as well. Um, crash is, um, associated with, with red herself. Breach is associated with the mystery man inside the sword, uh, who is not yes. named, but you know, is, is kind of our only friend at this point. Yeah. Your, your, your boyf, your beef. Yep. Beef um, hose. you also, also kind of at the, yeah, your beef hose. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. What, Sorry, what did you Beefos, not not beef hoes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> beef hoes would be a terrible thing to say. Are you just referring to his ding dong? <laughs> no. The. <laughs> okay. I was, hey, cool. He talks about beef hoses all the time. <laughs> I, I said beef hoes. That's a, that's from Bob's Burgers. It's boys from other schools. BFOs. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Um, kind of, kind of noteworthy here is you, you kind of do a little bit more of this world building and background thing where you find a poster for yourself. Right. Uh, for a show that you had. And when you go up, uh, the transistor is like, I'm sorry, Red, they took your voice. Yeah. Giving you a little uh, bit more like, okay, I understand I am a star and this is why I cannot speak. This is why I am yes. a, I am a silent protagonist. I love these little vignettes that pop up. This, this mm-hmm. entire game has a visual style that's very painterly. Uh, mm-hmm. which you, you, you would not expect for something that is set inside of a techno dystopia, you know, to have something mm-hmm. that is willing to show its brushstrokes. This is yeah. even a, like a little bit more loose and impressionistic than Bastion is, um, which, which feels a little bit more sterile. Um, but you just get these very, um, beautiful, lushly colored scenes, you know, especially when you're looking up at this poster or later on when you're moving from area to area. Just everything about this is composed so goddamn well. Yeah, it's it's real. Like it's one of the best looking games yeah. still. Um, you know those little scenes, those little painter scenes. Uh, this is a digression, but uh, like I ended up really loving Tides of Numenera. Mm-hmm. It does those, and they're bad. <laughs> like it's just like, oh, this is a place where a budget was cut. I mean, do, um, do, do they do too much animation in them? Where, no, where it's obvious they're just, that they're just puppets, or no, no, no. There's no animation. They're just still scenes, but they just are not very well they're not good drawings Ugh. like they're they're just not very well illustrated like they just yeah. felt very amateur like this felt like a, a source book like you know as somebody who collects a lot of rpg source books like the art in those things varies so much yeah and seems like bad rpc rpg source book mm-hmm. art yeah so well, um something this does as well like it's a very limited animation but each element is kind of on its own layer and they do like little parallaxes and stuff with it yeah so you get a sense of you know marvel motion comics yeah yeah but it's not overdone it's not uh you know just rigged puppets moving around yeah gaudily yeah like south park (laughs) right i mean exactly yeah like Um, yeah it wasn't me flipping like no it looks like shit um (laughs) yeah um you get your first, your first and only puzzle in this game, which is very strange to me. Other than optional puzzles inside the uh, the sandbox, yes, yeah. Which is, there's a whole, but those are the those are my favorite of the the <laughs> things you have to do. But the um, yeah, this is a weird little thing, and I think it's just trying to 
uh, enforce. This feels like a, a, a little bit like a Band-Aid to me. Like maybe players were getting to this point and didn't really understand exactly how turn worked. Because you didn't have to – you didn't quite have to do it at this point. Like you could still play this like Bastion. And I think right. they're trying to show like, hey, this is incredibly powerful. Like you can literally be in two places at once. Mm-hmm. You can move so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all, all of the attacks that you have so far feel very Bastion-y. They feel very action rpg But yeah, yeah. This, the, 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 this communicates that um, it does put you in two places at once. You move very quickly enough to kind of trick this mechanism. Yeah. Essentially like turning two keys at once. Yeah, yeah. To you launch know? that sub-nuke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and then you, you send a nuke and, and, and the end that that's actually, that's more, more fashion. Um, <laughs> so you, you, you get to, um, you find the, another corpse. Uh, this is Mr. Moyle, who is the racer. As I mentioned, he gives you your jaunt, which is your, uh, your dodge roll, yep. uh, as, as an active thing. It lets you zip around and you can do that during, um, you can always do this even during while your turn is recharging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is great. I, I, I like this a lot, but you're right. It is worth having something you can always deploy. Uh, while you're mm-hmm. recharging, um, especially later on when you have like kamikaze enemies and stuff like that. Oh um, yeah, yeah. It, it ended up being like it. It like I said, it broke the game. Mm-hmm. Like the the two things, you know, those those two things. As much as I, I didn't like them because I like their primary functions. You know, adapting those to secondary functions, you know, pretty much unlocked it for me. Yeah. Um, but Mr. Moyle, this racer, he's on a, uh, you know, he's, he's by this bike, which you end up using, uh, to move to the next area. But before that, uh, you end up fighting your first boss, which, uh, the transistor refers to simply as jerk. Yeah. And that's a little bit of that bastion flavor. Yeah. You know, like, like, like keeping these kind of informal sounding names. Gas fellas. Yeah. Yeah, Gas fellas. Jerks. (laughs) Um, and he, these are these big kind of like, uh, you know, uh, uh, like stompers. Yeah, like snob bots. Like, what's that? What's that thing? Like a, a a jackhammer. Yeah, like big big mobile jackhammer enemies that move very mm-hmm. slowly, but will move towards you no matter constantly. what. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and you can't really get away from him without using turn. Like he will outpace you mm-hmm. uh, if you stop to attack. So right. this is another little bit of like saying like, hey, use turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and with turn, you know, like there's no real restriction. You have a certain number of points that you can use. So hit and run is a perfectly valid strategy get in, do an attack, and either leave enough so that you recharge and can get away, or use the last of your AP to, you know, get away quicker. Yeah. Yep. And the, the uh, this is also, I think, where the game uh, teaches you about, but it's a really good opportunity, and these enemies are for backstabs. Yeah. Uh, positioning ends up being incredibly important in this game. Yep. Um, you'll always do uh, double damage from behind. Yep. And, and uh, there, you're going to want that. There are functions that make it even more powerful. Um, yes. That will attach to a to do a thing and make it a uh, backstabbing, uh, just dream. Let's say, and also this this enemy since he's the first enemy you fight with like tons of HP. I think really uh, is the first one that teaches you to kind of prioritize your moves. Like when you backstab this guy, you're going to want to um, debuff him first so he takes more damage. Mm-hmm. You know, like the order of operations that you do is very important. Yeah. So and this, this enemy kind of teaches you that. Yeah. So you want to crash him and then do a slight move and then hit him from behind with a. Uh, with like your breach or whatever yeah. it is. And then, um, and then spend the rest of your, your points to get away. Yeah. yeah. Um, fantastically, as you queue up moves, you will get information about how much damage that is going to do or how much damage yeah. the, the game believes it's going to do. So you can determine whether or not you're going to kill something and decide if you have enough AP to either overkill it, which I believe gives you some kind of reward. I never looked up exactly. Um, or get away. Yeah. Yeah. You don't run into like the final fantasy one problem right. of you attacking a corpse. Right. Uh, unless you want to. <laughs> um, so you, after you kill him, uh, you get to take you, you choose your function. So there's a bunch of these places where you get to choose one of two functions. 
everything will come back. Right. So you just you're just choosing for your play style. There's no missed opportunities here. No, no. Um, I, I didn't write down what the other one was. Uh, I chose mask uh, specifically because the idea of um, adding backside damage stuff felt very attractive to me. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't. I I didn't take mask until really late in the game. I'm trying to remember. I think the thing that they give you here is possibly the uh, the one that makes uh, it might be bounce. Yeah. Which uh, makes uh, shots hit a guy and then you know bounce to nearby guys. It's like a chain lightning kind of thing. Yeah, chain lightning. Yeah. So that that might have been what I took here. Um, might be up against it, but they're usually pretty different. The the ones they present you with, and mm-hmm. uh, will be very different kinds of play style. So like mask is actually very good. Um, I just didn't end up using it until later in the game. This this go round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what mask does is uh, it will turn you invisible. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously for a time, and uh, allow you to uh, do extra damage when you do uh, backstabs. Um, as a, as an add for other abilities, it just increases backstab damage, mm-hmm. which is good. But like, I found it hard to justify a slot yeah, uh, for it. It was, it um, was, it was good to throw on to, uh, to something else as a, uh, uh, if I knew I was going to be using it a lot, uh, yeah. from, from behind. Oh, you know what? I actually think this is up against, unless it comes up right now is the one that lets you summon. Oh yeah. I yeah. Like that. you get the, you two, you, you, you get two, uh, two dogs or one dog, but you can, you can put the, the doubler on it. And mm-hmm. get two dogs, and that's the one I used. But at first, I was using that to summon because I really I like summoning in games. Like I like I like having a uh, you know fodder. But then that one is the one that if you put it on your passive thing, it gives you the twenty five percent chance to become a super user. Yeah, it describes super user. It the game doesn't like it. it just <laughs> you for some reason like and twenty five percent doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. Uh, yeah, uh, um, it will it will reliably trigger in every battle. Um, you become a like a weird techno god. <laughs> and do a huge area effect that does 500 damage to uh, to anything. It, it's the only thing you can do with that move, but it kills everything outside of bosses. Yeah. So it is uh it is obscenely powerful. And <laughs> I, and I, I didn't the first time I played through this, like you know when it came out, I I didn't use that at all. Right. Uh, and this time I was like super user. What I'd like to see that trigger to see what it is, and it's crazy. Yeah. It's extremely good. You you actually put on the fierce deity mask. Yeah, that's I mean that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I like the uh, the the passive slot for mask though because uh, after you kill a target, you uh, get faster and you become undetectable. That is really good. Yeah, so it helps yeah. you, you know, just makes you really powerful and helps you chain attacks afterwards. Again, see how meaningful it is that these are all good. <laughs> yeah, like if they were shitty, it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> you know, it like would not be nearly as good. But yeah. the fact that like we you actually have to choose. If you could immediately disregard any of these, like it was even one of them. If there was one that was just kind of like meh. Uh, it, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but all but no, of them good. are so good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anywho, uh, after you after you uh, do this, the uh, jerk comes back. So it comes <laughs> jerk 2.0. <laughs> yep. Um, and he's way faster in chasing um, and even yeah. more implacable. Um, other 2.0 uh, and 3.0 versions are going to be substantially more substantially different than this one is. But this is yeah. dem- demonstrating that you are going to find the you know, jerk, j- jerkara, and then jerkaga. <laughs> yeah, jerkaffa. Yeah. The um, yeah. So it, it is giving that, and it gives you a little bit more of a boss because the you know the jerk on its own is not that hard. No, no. Um, after you beat him, uh, you hop on the motorcycle. You get this amazing uh, you know, side view scene of you on that. This is where the uh, PAX demo ended. Oh yeah. When I played this at PAX. Yeah. Um. So, and the uh, the transistor's like, hey, you know, let's go. Don't turn left though. We're getting out of here. And then immediately you do it. <laughs> um, and we get this little thing where we start seeing the faces of the, the camarada in the background. Yeah. Um, that, that's here, right? 
yeah, where you uh, kind of like lays out like it does the Dark Souls like here are the gods you're going to kill. That's not exactly how it plays out, but that's what it looks like it's going to be. Right. Yeah. It's you know calling up like what transistor is telling you to do is get out of town. Like hey, yeah. like we we're, we're gonna we we can find some kind of life. We just need to escape this catastrophe. Terrible things are happening. Um, and Red, uh, you know, rebels. She says no. Like we're gonna go and we're going to, you know, make the people who did this answer for it. I'm gonna get my yeah. voice back. Yeah. Totally. Fuck yeah. them. Yep. And, you know, Transistor is down for it, you know, but, but he says, whatever you do, don't let me go. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very uh, evocative and good. Yes. We, uh, we crash the bike. You know, the, bi- the, the, the bike is, is trashed here, and we end up at the, the, this, uh, the section where we go to the empty set, which yes. is a, a bar, which, of course, it's a bar in a in a, in a singularity town. Uh-huh. Um, it's called the empty set. The um, And uh, we, we end up going to, there's another terminal, this Junction Jans, which is a, uh, a, mood, uh, a food thing, and it's complimentary. It's free. Yep. So when I, when I say utopia about this, like, there are a couple of different things that are, are utopian about it and one of the things is like it does seem post-scarcity right you know like there's there's you know food's just free uh-huh so free delivery too and it's flatbread yeah like flatbread is is the uh the, the pizza substitute in this uh this game yeah um and of course transistor has an opinion says oh we need to get the sea monster again so i order that and i'm just amazed that this comes back later that yeah. it's not just like a one-off thing <laughs> The, yeah. the sea monster is the ultimate villain of the game. <laughs> it was him all along. No. It, was, it was the sea monster all along. Um, Are you telling me it was the janitor? Fuck. Yeah. Yep. Sea janitor monster. Sea janitor. <laughs> yeah, the sea janitor. Those are just crabs. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, after you do so, you get you do a little fight for participating in this 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 little side thing. Yeah. 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 Um, your first big arena here is the Goldwalk Nightclub, uh, which is overrun. Uh, we fight our first uh, kind of just regular rotation jerk out here uh, as well. Um, and it's notable because, you know, Transistor was saying, hey, if there's anybody, they're going to be hiding out here. This was an old haunt of yours. And the fact that it is completely overrun is very, very dispiriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you, uh, so you fight the jerk and you get another terminal and the terminal shows that the authorities are not really acknowledging what's going on. No. Um, it has a flavor of being post-apocalyptic. Like they are, you know, cause there's a part at some point where the transistor is like, Hey, where is everybody? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there, you don't run into people in this game. Like you're into like maybe four or five, but everyone's corpses. gone and people have been disappearing for, for a long time. That is a, a, a factor. That's the last thing that, uh, gets unlocked on their, uh, their like trading card. Yeah. Is their disappearance like how they disappeared? Yeah. Um, so you know, people are disappearing. Like the the city is being depopulated, and the management either doesn't know or doesn't care or wrote these things beforehand. <laughs> right. These are just you know? auto posting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you can yeah. comment, but most of the comments that she types in are like, "Yeah, nobody is actually going to read this, are they?" You know, it's very yeah. clear that you're typing into a void. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so beyond this, you go into the amphitheater promenade. And you find some more, uh, uh, some more new enemy types, namely, uh, these creeps, the regular ones have support. You have these cheerleader enemies, which put up shields. 
around enemies. Yeah. Yep. Um, and will you know stop an enemy from taking any damage. They have a recharge uh, on this, so they can't do it constantly. Right. But uh, you know you you want to take these guys out first. Um. And yeah, you end up finding another uh, body that you integrate, and it mentions this. Uh, I think this might be the first time the process is named. Yes. We now have a name for these kind of um, one-eyed monsters. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, Venus, the, the, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's Brohos or whatever you said earlier. Beefos. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you have a name for these uh, cyclopic robots that are kind of taking over the entire town. Yeah, the um, you know this guy, and in the sense that it is kind of like figuring out the process is one of the you know the questions of this. Knowing exactly what that is, that I think is you don't need to know and is pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. It is partly just these robots, but it's also a corruption. Yeah. Like it happens to people as well. Mm-hmm. The process it has a little bit of that, like, uh, you know, uh, Seldora kind of, kind of thing. Like it is a creeping thing that is taking over this, this world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has been unleashed and they are not necessarily of this layer of reality that everybody is, um, uh, is familiar with. Yeah. 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 Um, when you get here at the club, you get to do a, uh, when you're at the stage, you can hum at the microphone and this does a, a, a flashback Yeah, that shows the origins of, uh, kind of how you got in this situation. Right. It shows what happens immediately prior to the events of the game, you know, where red is singing and somebody throws, throws the sword, um, at her on stage, but a man jumps in front of her. Yes. And the, the motivations behind that are kind of the, the mystery of the game. Right. You know, cause like hint if the idea was not to kill her, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because it doesn't, it didn't kill the guy either. It put him inside the sword. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. So, um, after this, there's kind of this black and white nightmare scene of you going to pick up the transistor, which, um, is talking to itself, you know, desperate and, and alone just in the middle of this street. Um, it's real, it's, it, it's real upsetting actually, just the way that he is saying like, oh gosh, I'm, I, I am alone inside this. I'm aware I can't move. I'm stuck here in my old body. Like he's he's really um, at the end of his rope before Red comes. Yeah, yep, yep. Because he, I mean, he's he's a brain in a jar. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's that kind of uh, you know, it is it is inherently scary. Hey Gary, does he have a mouth? Um, well, he he talks. Okay, so I guess like that kind of takes like if you have no mouth, <laughs> but you must scream, but you can still scream. What if nobody that, can that hear? Working, yeah, the working title. <laughs> yeah. I, I I have no mouth. I can still scream though, but nobody can hear it except for some people. <laughs> Another chilling sci-fi tale for Harlan Ellison. Yeah, yeah the, the editor really uh, really clarified that one for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so uh, pretty scary and affecting. I, I, I like this. I like this quite a bit. Um. So <laughs> why why are you laughing? Because uh, I just opened up the Slack message where you sent me the got fart talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about PRG planning. <laughs> That's pretty charming and dumb. <laughs> if it wasn't so expensive, I'd buy it. Yeah, it's a kind of a it's kind of a good idea. For <laughs> mug. It's like, a, it's like a, a big dog shirt in mug form. <laughs> it's a, it just we, we were. I was looking up stuff on Amazon and I found a, a frosted glass coffee mug that has just in simple black letters "got fart." <laughs> Like I, th- that turning like fart into a uh, like a thing that you have an, an amount of like milk, 
you know, like a, like this is just a substance as opposed to an action uh-huh. that exists on it on its own, which it always has kind of been. But anytime you refer to that, it, that's that's going to make me laugh a little bit. Like, you know, this, this is full of fart or like I'm knee deep in fart. Like, right, like that. right. I, it, it's it's always who farted, not is there fart in here? And yeah, who, yeah, and who just, brought who, it? Who brought that? Yeah, who brought the fart? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who ate up all the fart? You know, like it's not that kind of thing. So why can't I get no fart around here? <laughs> can't get no. Um, anywho, uh, after you do this, you know, the, the, the transistor is very alone. And uh, after you, you do this, you leave and you go to the square and the transistor uh, calls out Sybil. Um, Sybil has been name checked before. This is one of the camarada. Mm-hmm. Um, and has a really interesting story. Like we should probably talk about these characters as we know their stories, like when they show up as opposed to when the stories are revealed. Yes. Since that happens. Uh, so this is a member of the camarada who is like the social member of uh of the club and it's heavily implied there's no direct text for this but heavily implied that she was in love with red right but there is an unrequited love uh mm-hmm. situation and uh she is the one who is the instigator is the reason why they ended up ultimately going after her right um yeah when you say social like she is kind of this um you know she would be written up in the new york times society pages yes you know? yeah that kind of that kind of social like high society yes um, which, you know, is important. Like that's important to the camarada's plans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, influencing people ends up being kind of key, you know, to, to, to what they want to do. They want people with, with influence and such to, uh, to do this, but then also, uh, the personal stake that she has with red. Yeah. So, you know, she was the, she, she was the eyes and ears. Like she was out there looking to recruit and get, get people in. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we do a boss fight. Yeah. Uh, this is a real good boss fight. I actually wish there were more, more of these. There aren't very many boss fights in the game. No. Like, it's, it's similar to Bastion in that respect. Right. Um, so this is three rounds. You know, at, at, at first, you know, you're fighting her, and it feels relatively normal. You're fighting one just regular strength kind of enemy. She goes down. Um, in the second round, she gets cheerleaders, um, and she starts moving very, very quickly across the stage. Yeah. Um, you know, and starts getting these long, these long range, uh, kind of slashes. Um, again, to be further parodies of ourselves, there's a little bit of a Lady Maria kind of vibe to this where mm. her, her actual abilities don't really change. She, like, just the, the, the circumstances around them do. Yeah. They just get a little bit more so. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is before, this is before the young ladies. She doesn't have young ladies with her, right? That um, comes later. That comes later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought so. Um, so you fight her, and this is actually like, it's a good boss fight. It is fairly tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as like difficulty spikes, because you're, you're, uh, you don't have a lot of tools mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and you're still kind of learning the game, but you eventually, uh, you take her down. Um, the, the trick is really just being, you know, not being tapped out and defenseless when she is going to do her like dash across the, the stage. Yeah. Um, she has a cooldown on that. Mm-hmm. So she can't just kind of spam that. Um, after you kill her, this is actually where you get, uh, help, uh, yeah. which I mentioned, which is the, uh, we get summon your little dog. Mm hmm. Um, and then you also get, uh, a permission after you get her, which opens up these back doors in cloud bank, <laughs> which allows you to, uh, go into something called the sandbox. Yeah. Um, which we'll get to this cutscene, and then we should probably talk about the sandbox just kind of in rather than sprinkle that throughout. Yeah, we, 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 okay. we should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your next destination is to go kind of to the downtown of this, uh, of, uh, of the city. Uh, but there's no real way to get there outside of going on water. So you hop into a speedboat uh, by getting down to the docks. And, you know, Transistor talks about the Camarada, the, you know, the gang that tried to kill you, giving you just a little bit more, uh, a little bit more information about, you know, what Sybil belonged to, uh, but also who kind of remains on your hit list. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the 
let me put in a marker here. So you get to the to the spine of the world, which is this third and middle part of it. Again, in this downtown, uh, one of the first thing that you see is this glowing door. Uh, it's a back door. Again, we're in inside of a computer uh, that takes you to a strange place. The sandbox, like we said, it's kind of this mm-hmm. um, small little island that is surrounded by this big digital ocean. Um, and there's this gigantic tree growing out of it that has these doors. Um, this serves as a little bit of a home base and a, and a respite. These doors pop up all over the place. You have a couple of doodads, a little bit like the bastion. Um, but the mm-hmm. primary function, the primary function is, you know, behind these doors are your trials. Yes. Uh, very similar again to bastion. Um, the, uh, so there's different types, um, and they, they vary kind of widely, uh, to me and in, like interest, you know, whether these are cool, like there's uh there's speed trials, which are just, um, kill everything as fast as you can. Um, or you have a time limit actually mm-hmm. to kill everything. Uh, that's my least favorite. Um, you have, uh, these puzzle ones. That are really fascinating. I love these you, things. Yeah, like, the, it's so good. The, pl- one, the planning a, ones. Yeah, yeah, the planning ones. You have like a set of abilities, and then you have one turn to kill everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and these act as like really good tutorials on how to make the best use of your your functions. Mm-hmm. These are these are uniformly fun. Yeah, uh, uh, throughout, the, like super good. There's the ones with kind of the most unique situations. They they feels like most of the most of the design attention went into bringing variety, meaningful variety to those. Yeah. Um, all, there are some that are just survive a certain number of waves, mm-hmm. um, you know, or survive for a certain amount of time. And then there are ones that where you, uh, these kind of like mini versions of the game where you start off with, uh, you fight several waves, you start off with a, a very limited move set, and then every turn you can get a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, through that. And th- those are all fun too. The only one I don't really like is the speed one. Cause you know, I don't play these games that way, I guess. Right. My, my, my build was not efficient enough to do that. No. Um, um, and then there, there's a free play where you can test out combinations yeah. of things. Yeah, it's cool. It's a good it's a good function. Again, they, so many things have come forward from Bastion. And you could probably say, oh, well, they just didn't have it. They, they, they didn't have new ideas. I think they just they knew it was valuable. Like this is yeah. like, this is good stuff to include no matter what, even if you did oh, before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, very good. You get, a, you get a little pupper here, too, which oh, I like. Yeah. And a beach ball you can play with the pupper on. And a jukebox if you want. This has a sound test in it. Yeah. Um, so you get some, like for doing these uh, these trials, you get experience, which is your primary kind of motivator, but you also get unlock songs Yeah. Uh, for the sound test. Mm-hmm. There's also a hammock. Um, something that is pretty great about this is when you walk up to an item that you can interact with, oftentimes there will be a little prompt that pops up and says, hey, this is what this is. But there will be like a secondary uh, piece of data about it. That mm-hmm. tells you like, oh, how many people have uh, used this thing before? Like oftentimes it's just it's just flavor um, or it's something about the world itself. Um, but sometimes it'll tell you like it gives you um, something about a particular character. So when you walk up to the hammock, it'll say like ideas contemplated. And that's how many times mm-hmm. you have like rested on the hammock. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. Like it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so these these show up. Um, you know, once or twice per, per area. Yeah. It's just kind of a place to, you know, do these trials and kind of chill out mm-hmm. for a minute. Um, you know, they have, they have like a, a, a song that has a very different flavor to it and everything. So these are just little bits of a respite. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to talk about them when they show up again, but just know that they are sprinkled throughout. Yeah. Also, there are, uh, well, we'll talk about it when we get there, but there are things that change the way you interact with, uh, with Transistor later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Um, back to the regular world away from this idyllic island scene sequestered away from everybody. 
um, you get uh, to a terminal in this downtown where uh, that talks about uh, how a sports event was delayed for unknown reasons. Hmm. Again, the media is not uh, is not acknowledging what is going on. It's a, yeah. it's despicable how they can just write whatever they want. It's true. Somebody should uh, just get rid of all so, of them. Somebody, somebody should do something about that. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so uh, another term, another access point here. These are your checkpoints. Introduces these process limiters, which we which we talked about. Didn't really engage with that, but I can see that being um, something that is good for min maxing, especially in New Game Plus, when you have just a little bit more of an advantage. You know, when you're when you have your full verb set. It also just allows you to customize difficulty. Yeah. So if if you think this game is too too easy, you you have that choice. Right. You know, um, easy for you to fix. Mm-hmm. The um so this introduces these new enemies, uh, the pop up, uh, the paparazzi, the, the snapshot mm-hmm. uh, enemies, and they take pictures of you, and then these cover your screen with a picture, like a candid paparazzi picture of you <laughs> that takes up part of the screen for a second it's stylish as fuck yep <laughs> super super good i love these enemies i love what they turn into i, I don't want to use it up now but uh mm-hmm. they're like i was like wait, wait a minute these, these don't attack me oh it's like the blooper in uh in, in mario kart yeah 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 <laughs> covers up the screen it makes yep. it hard to dodge super good and yeah. then eventually they become hard to to take out and stuff too right um and uh this also introduces so this is a weird thing that you kind of have to start picking up on here and it makes the most sense here where uh elements of the process seem to be uh based on things in real life mm-hmm. you know like these, these are not just random things they're not just like dumb monsters like here we have these things which would be something that red would actually have to deal with and we're also introduced to uh cluckers which are uh and spawners right so uh the spawners are, are things that uh you know shoot out enemies like pretty obvious cluckers are these weird like they're artillery like dive bomb chicken boss that throw eggs at you <laughs> so like probably like they're you know it's not too big of a stretch the way that i read it like is that these are those original things corrupted hmm. by the thing like we've run into sybil who has been corrupted by the process like she was actually well, used to be a person mm-hmm. and turned into a weird robot god thing yeah. and like why i mean i imagine these are these were chickens you know at some point no cyber chickens like, yeah like or like we're flesh and blood chickens, but the process has corrupted them. You have to crack their eggs in order to open up a shell prompt. Yeah, yeah, you get dot shell. You, you crack open what is German shell. for the shell? Yeah, dot shell dos. <laughs> Any chicken from Germany can be The um or and but the then the snapshots were like members of the paparazzi, right? And they're attracted to you because they would have been in life. Yeah, but now they are these corrupted kind of creatures. Yeah. Part, part, is, part is, of the singularity coming after yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Or like yeah. the downside of the singularity. You know, the, this uh, this corruption, this this uh, attempt to kind of rewrite this you know, thing. It's like a, like, like a Borg kind of thing or uh, yeah. whatever whatever happens in Quake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so the spawners team up with cheerleaders. So you end up having these really, really high priority targets uh, that are surrounded by other <laughs> priority targets that you need to take out so that it doesn't fill the arena. Um, with this, the cluckers themselves, the way the artillery functions, you know, these are going to be put, uh, pretty far away from the main battleground and you will see the crosshair appear over, over the, uh, uh, you know, the ground and you have to make sure that you're not standing in the middle when the, when the bomb drops. Um, Mm -hmm. so they can, they they can affect you from pretty far away and actually finding where they're at sometimes is a bit of a challenge because they run from you too. And then the the upgraded version leaves like a a sticky trail behind them to slow (laughs) you down. So you can't like, you know, like chickens do, they they leave little slime trails behind them Yeah, and they shrivel up when you pour salt on them. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and also like the, the, the encounter areas have been getting, um, slowly bigger over time mm-hmm. as you've been going along. Um, which is good. Like just adding more complexity. It's nice that they limit it, uh, as it goes. Oh, they, they've also been in- introducing destructible cover as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. Um, there for the most part, like most things will still, uh, be on one screen, but like we're, we're moving on to like one and a half screens, mm-hmm. you know, things like that now. So we can kind of scroll around a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, you get to the, as you're going, you kind of get to this overlook and you look over and like half the skyline is gone. Yeah. Like the city is being corrupted and erased. Yeah. And um, destroyed. somewhere around here as well, you come up to the foot of the building that has been turned into this big white rectangle. Like everything is turned mm-hmm. into kind of these these featureless things that look a little bit like skyscrapers, but don't have any of the function of it. Yeah. Um, and this is what the process is doing. Like they have not only been assimilating different parts of the people around town, um, they're actually uh, either taking down or altering uh, the, the the architecture and landscape of the town itself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Except for your apartment, where guess what? Uh, your flatbread has been ordered. <laughs> Has been yeah, delivered. Your, yeah. your food, your food arrives. That's still, that's still working <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, you get a cute little cutscene here as well. This is so good. Yeah. Um, that's very sweet. So, so you have red, uh, eating her sea monster. Uh, and then transistor is kind of standing up. <laughs> she, she's not going to get that deposit back. She jammed a sword into the floor, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's up and, uh, the, the, the suit jacket is draped over him. Like they're having a fancy dinner. Yeah. It's very cute. Uh, which is then counterpointed with a pretty ominous thing when you, when you leave, uh, transition says, Oh, you locked yourself out. How are you gonna? Oh, yeah. Realizing that you have no intention to come back. Yeah. The, the, that is, that is behind you. Yeah. Um, as you, uh, you head to the top of the high raise, uh, the transistor starts acting weird. Your, right. your little buddy, uh, he turns kind of red. He starts speaking like he's drunk. Yeah. Um, here and it, it's unnerving and weird. Yeah. Because he's been pretty composed up to this point, but he turns into a real emotional drunk. <laughs> yeah. Is what's going on. Yeah. Um, um, and one of the things, too, we, we, you know, we weren't going to bring up the sandbox, but pretty early on in this, there's another sandbox you can go into. Mm-hmm. And when you go in there, he talks about how it feels like his head is clear. Right. And he's like, you know, what was that? You yeah. know, why? Like, I have no idea what's going on, but I, I feel better now. Yeah. And then you come out and it's immediately like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. just uh you know, a little bit too much cough medicine for grandpa. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and I think the second time you go in or something, he says, Hey, disregard what I say out there. Cause I'm not in my yeah. right mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> as you're running along, there's this long stretch, a creature attacks from above this massive, massive thing, uh, with its tail. It's like a jet, like a God finger sticking down. Um, and you have to end up avoiding that, uh, for long, long stretches. Yeah, it's kind of, it's just, you know, essentially just like a counter level where you just kind of avoid, you know, yeah. you see the shadow and you get out of the way, but it's implied to be really big and there's a really good sense of like kinesthetics. Like it's very loud Yeah, when it shows up. Um, you kind of get through this, this little stretch here and you get to another OWC terminal and it talks about the serpentine creature clinging to the bracket, to bracket towers, mm-hmm. uh, this place. And, uh, this is where you use the comment section to talk to transistor. Right. And say like, Hey, I'm not just like, something's going on. And it's very heavily implied at this point and later, uh, you know, said directly, this is the, you know, the presence of this thing, mm-hmm. um, this creature, which is, uh, the spine of the world. Right. Um, and, uh, that is causing it. And you say like, I'm going to fix this. Yeah. I'm going to find what's doing this and I'm going to break its heart. 
So good. Uh, like, just like really, really. When I, I texted you, I think when I was playing this and I was like, cool, you're going to fucking like this is the thing that I just read when I texted or, you know, uh-huh. Slack messaged you. And I was like, you're going to fucking love this because yeah. I was just like, man, that's a that's a, a real good line. I know Cole will appreciate. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that I put it in the notes meant that I wanted to talk yeah. about it. It's great. Yeah. Um, Just because, you know, we haven't really we, we've seen her speak to somebody else. The fact that she has she is so distressed by the condition of her, her partner. Um, that mm-hmm. she, that, that, that she, you know, figures out a way to speak directly to him and console him and to, you know, we, we see this vindictive, this kind of fiery nature, you know, I'm, I'm not just saying that because she's a redhead, but just kind of, kind of bubble up and say, <laughs> and say, we're going to take action on this. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. And I just, that just, a, that's a hell of a sentence. I love it so she, much. She's a great character. Yeah. Like, you know, in the, in the world of like, this was another like Slack conversation that popped up. And if you want in on these Slack conversations when they come up. Patreon.com. Yeah. Slash talk TV. But the, um, we we're talking about, you know, good, you know, the, the, the strong, strong female character, mm-hmm. uh, thing and how, like, I feel like a lot of examples, uh, that are held up of that are like not always super great. You a- know, like, Alex from Half-Life. Yeah. Totally. Like who, who is there? Um, or, uh, Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite mm-hmm. where like, it's not Elizabeth's story, you right. know, and Alex is very much like, this is what, uh, there's a little bit of like, and I can't remember, this is somebody, somebody else pointed this out. And I, there's something that always bothered me a little bit about Alex and I can't remember which, you know, where I read it, but like someone's like, this is very much, you know, the non-threatening, you know, kind of flirty, kind of, uh, just helpful and supportive lady without very much of her own agenda right. to present to like, you know, uh, a game where when you walk down the street, people cheer your name, <laughs> right. you know, like Half-Life 2 is so much like a power fantasy. Right. It is ridiculous. And I think that like one of the things for me to to think that a, a lady character is really strong, like the story has to be hers. Right. You know, and this is something where it's not about like you could, you know, the transistor is the titular uh, thing, but he at every junction, he wants to give up mm-hmm. uh, and he just is worried about, you know, safety and everything. And you, you know, Red is the person pushing past this and actually yeah. driving the story and like getting to the, the heart of the mystery. Yeah, they, they they rely on each other, but she is very much steering. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, she, the, she's a great character for somebody who can't speak, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you get so much of the, her characterization through, you know, through those comments and, and through things like this, like it just like, she's, she's, yep. she's an excellent character. Yeah. All, all you have is her action. You know, when, when <laughs> transistor tells her don't turn left and she does, you, yeah. you understand immediately what kind of person you're controlling and you know, what you're, what you're dealing with, um, yeah. which is, which is great. Love it. Very good. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> so uh, you're heading up here to to find this thing and break its heart, and we get our second boss fight here. Yes, like third technically if you count the jerk tutorial boss fight, but the the second proper boss fight against the spine of the world. Yes. Um. So this is a small arena. Uh. You know, it's a, a gigantic kind of dragon like serpent that is sticking up over the side of this building. Um. And you're surrounded, or it is surrounded by this destructible cover. Uh, it does these rapid fire tracking lasers, and you are kind of constantly moving in this arc around it. Um. To the um the the cover that is kind the of the remaining back cover up. yes so the cover regenerates yeah yeah and uh kind of waiting for it to take a break and abate uh and so you can pull up your turn and then do as much damage as you can um before mm-hmm. you go back to it it's a little bit of a repetitive fight i think that is but much better as like a visual set piece fighting something so, yeah. that is much bigger than you um uh occasionally i'll throw out a bunch of cells which if you leave them Still long enough will turn into regular enemies, but that isn't that hard to deal with when you are moving around constantly anyway. 
No, th- th- this game does is kind of bereft of boss fight ideas. Yeah, I would say like it's not a strength. Um, they have a doozy. Except for the last one. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They have they have a real doozy. They have a real real ease in the hole. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to that, but on the way there, they have to kind of pat it out. I don't think this is a very fun fight. No. Um, looks neat. I like the spine of the world. I like that you're going to go break its heart. I like that you literally <laughs> go do that. Yeah. But it is, uh, it is as far as a fight, it's very simple. <laughs> um, so you know, cell control and staying undercover. After you take him down, uh, you walk inside the body. Right. You have this little note, you know, this little like a uh, uh, analysis, you know, <laughs> Terminator vision note that says it's soft and greasy, <laughs> and you do the side scrolling scene through its torso down to its heart, and you attack it. Yeah, because because uh, red means what she says. <laughs> yeah, she she doesn't understand metaphor. <laughs> that's that's the, the whole thing. For all her songs are just like you know, I want to kiss you. <laughs> Very literal. We're going to lay down. Going to give you hugs. <laughs> Maximum hugs. Yeah. Then I'm going to hug you again. And then after we have sex, we'll hug some more. What Maybe is sex? Too. It's these specific <laughs> actions. Yeah. First, I take off clothes. <laughs> well, more or less, there are about five different verbs, but a lot of little ads like that. You can... <laughs> sex is kind of like Transistor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, it's, you have your, you have your, your, your 10 or so different things you can do. Uh huh. And then you can do different variants of them. They're nearly limitless. Yeah. Syn- yeah. Synthesis. Yeah. Transsexter. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Anywho, uh, you break its heart and it's great. Mm-hmm. You, and you kill, kill this gigantic huge thing that is weirdly like this. So the, where this place is, is placed in the, the narrative is a little bit tricky. Um, like, I think this is just like the vanguard of the, the rogue process, Yeah, you know, and that's like the best thing I can explain for it. And it's really telling that it's the second boss. Like we're about halfway through the game at this point, mm-hmm. uh, when you fight this thing. So, you know, it is not, that at least tells you something that this is not a standard story of like, you are just fighting the corruption. Like there's more to it than that. Yeah. Um, I wish that I knew why it affected the transistor's speech or cognition or any of that. Is it just that it is so... It is so eldritch uh, compared to this world that it is warping, that it is warping him as a piece of software inside of this device. There is a yeah, there's there's a, a reference. One of the um, camarada when you there's a reference to uh, like process sickness mm. that can happen. That's something that's like too much exposure to this thing. Yeah, can does like corrupt things. Uh, so like we saw with Sybil. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like in Sybil, they're like we didn't talk about this, but Sybil can talk during that boss fight. Yeah. Uh and the the lines are really like distorted and kind of inhuman. Mm-hmm. You know, so the the process has that effect on things. And I think that's just what's happening to to your transistor buddy. Yeah. Um somewhere there, I know we fought a young lady already. Yeah, um, I think it might have been around around the time we did Sybil. Like they 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 keep popping up uh intermittently. We should we should mention them. Yeah, I think that, I think they're an interesting enemy. Yeah. yeah. So like they're, they're kind of a mini boss. They're pretty tough. Mm-hmm. And their whole thing is the first hit you do against them, uh, they'll immediately teleport away. Right. Um, so the trick is this is explicitly teaching you to mix up your real time and your turn attacks. Mm-hmm. The, the trick to the young ladies is to hit them once outside of turn, have them teleport and then go into turn and hit them on while they're on their cooldown mm-hmm. thing. So it's, it's kind of like a, a good, you know, it teaches you a very important thing, uh, without being real obvious about it. Yeah. You could have, by the time you reach the young ladies, you could have gotten through the game by just playing it fully as 
all right, I have a full AP bar. I'm going to go into, go into turn, use up all my points, attacking, 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 and then I'm going to run away. Here, yeah. it, it, it forcibly alters the rhythm in such a way um, that makes you consider um, how many attacks you're stacking up and how much of your AP you're actually using. Yes. Yeah. R- really cool enemy. Um, pretty tough the first time you like fight them, like until you kind of figure out the the difference there. Yeah. Um, and then they start throwing them at you in pairs and stuff too, which is very tricky because uh, you have to you know hit both of them to have them trigger that thing, mm-hmm. um, or keep yourself safe from one while you disengage one of them. Right. So also tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're in bracket towers, um, and things are very much rising to a climax. Um, this is what the uh, what the serpent was clinging to. Um, we know this is where the where the camarada is at. Yes. Um, at the concourse, we get a private message from Asher, um, who is one of the camarada, Asher Kendrell. Um, he is with Grant. They've walled themselves in here, and they are using the terminals to send out messages directly for Red. Yes. Yeah. They they know they're talking to her. Um, these are two members of the, the Camerata, uh, one of which, um, Grant, who was the, an administrator mm-hmm. um, of uh, CloudBank and, you know, kind of made the decisions um, for the, the direction of the town, you know, was was in charge. Um, the other person was, uh, it's not, he's not an art- architect. Uh, that's the, he, uh, he, he, the he, end he, boss. Yeah, he was the editor for o- OVC. So yes, he's the person yeah. who's in control of this media that of has been news. ignoring. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they are lovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, so we end up getting a lot actually with uh, with Asher right. uh, as we go. Like he's the person we talk to the most, but we're just not there yet. But that's kind of hinted at or now, which makes tons of sense as a media guy. Like he is a you know, he wants to tell the story. Right. <laughs> you know, like I, I love that little bit. Like he's not going to die and have people not know what happened. Right. You, you know, he's a reporter to the end, like even, even if you're the last person on Earth. Yep. And even if what he writes is going to be um, consumed by the scourge that he let loose. Well, he still the, the act of telling is something that he yeah. can't can't help himself from, from from engaging in. Yep. Yeah. Pretty good. Like Asher a lot. Um, this is another voice actor, um, which is remarkable because we've had we've had we've had so few. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Asher says that you know the everything that the camarada is doing this you know kind of shadowy cabal. I call them a gang earlier, but that was my conception of them early on. It's the first blush. Um, everything they're doing is for CloudBank. You know, we didn't want to see our city fade just because someone didn't like the color of the sky. Yeah. Yeah. They, and we, and we the, this this whole chapter here and the next chapter is when we get this kind of, you know, the, the reveal of what the motivation of these guys is, which is not explicitly evil. No. You know, like these these are these are misguided, uh, you know, kind of altruists in some yeah. ways who had no uh, idea of what exactly they were letting loose. Yes. Right. Gre- you know, greater good. Uh, people um one of the, the only like a, a minor nitpick about this is that asher's voice actor does not match his image to me uh, <laughs> right. at all he is the the folksiest fucking lake wobeganiest <laughs> motherfucker yeah, he sounds like jimmy, like jimmy stewart mixed with uh 
like you know what's his name like we'll be garrison down. keeler yeah yeah throat noise dot wave himself like <laughs> garrison keeler but he's so just like well, that's what we what it did but uh what it didn't do you couldn't get out it was it was you see his one way yeah like and he just looks like he's like super stylish like everyone looks like a, a like an aeon flux like sex wave <laughs> in in image you know of these things it's like super stylish yeah um you know really angular tall and stuff and when you talk to him he's just like well and then we found the process and um yes it was he's he's just like very like weirdly jimmy stewart to me yeah yeah it, it's, it's, it's it's kind of amazing it's <laughs> like they got them voices mixed up for uh kendrell uh-huh who, who looks like uh-huh. or no for, for grant rather who looks like an old man right who talk like that like it's almost like they cast it with the wrong image yeah it was it was to the point where when i found like i, I didn't match asher with the move and the profile that is linked to him Mm-hmm. Um, because because of that voice mismatch, yeah, like like his his portrait. I'm looking at it. He's he's super stylish. He's got like a press pass on the on the front of his pants. He's got a hell of a hell of a scarf on at a very jaunty, yeah. very very jaunty kind of angle. Cat. You got the yeah, got the cat draped over him. He's look at the look at the sleeve action that he has going on. Like like yeah. his his sleeves are on point, man. Yep, <laughs> his hair and, and and his voice is that of not a big city lawyer. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's just really strange. Picture a big city lawyer and then the opposite of that. Yeah, and it's it's this guy. <laughs> I liked what he was saying well enough that I could extend a little bit. But oh, you're yeah. right. It is he's, it he's is a, a great actor. Yeah. It's just they should have just made him look like his voice actor. Or yeah. you know, vice versa, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty uh yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know. But yeah, most of this chapter, like, you know, notice we're not talking about particular encounters because, A, we've never done that. And I don't know why over the course of six years we've still, we still, I still feel the need to disclaim disclaim it. Yeah, that's, that's a feeling on my part. But like, you know, what we are getting at this point is a lot of story mixed with encounters that are bringing us subtly updated versions of the enemies that we have fought before. Well, and yeah, it's not that the encounters aren't kind of meticulously designed uh, because they are, but it's not um, what it is, is just those mix ups. Yeah, it's hard to like describe in words in a way that doesn't make them feel repetitive because yes. because the magic isn't doing well. And the fact that there's only like six enemies right. has a little bit of that Bastion problem, right. you know, like and, and Bastion bisected the game by having, uh, you know, you switch to a new enemy set. Right. halfway through um this game doesn't do that it continues to mix up the early ones and they all complement each other really well but there are just six of them yeah you know so it, like it didn't bother me because the game is five hours long mm-hmm. but it does mean talking about them is a little bit trickier a little bit um and because it's tricky to talk about this game quick flashback when i was playing this i was just waiting and hoping that there would be a reprise or something that quoted that amazing sequence in bastion where the main character is going on his rampage uh, into that enemy kingdom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where you know, it, it, it's, it's a whole bunch of disconnected scenes and it takes place over the course of months, but like it perfectly lays out that he is, like he is on a rampage. He's, he's, he's got this blood rage going on. Yeah, there's, there's nothing quite like that. There's no real intersection of like what you're doing, uh, and the story. Right. In this, uh, up until the end. And that's like, you know, the, the, the setting is a big part of that, but. Right. Yeah. Um, so when you get into the archives, uh, you find a terminal from Asher again. He says like he and his camera colleagues admit that they're, they're guilty of what's happening right now. Like they, they, they are not operating under the delusion that they are guiltless, right? They, they didn't expect it to turn out exactly this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so you, you kind of continue, you know, continue on. Um, we find uh, the, the Creep 3.0 shows up and the Cheerleader 3.0. Um, the Creep uh, 3.0 has a tractor beam uh, that can do it, can suck you in. And the Cheerleader 3.0 can shield itself as well. Yeah. Uh, and the 3.0 camera uh, can obscure your planning mode. So when you go into planning mode, everything around it actually gets <laughs> obscured. You can't see it, which is really great. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they still shoot at you. Mm-hmm. Um, around this time, too, we've gotten a bunch of abilities uh, in the interim as well. They've yes. just been uh, either after encounters, they just pop up. Sometimes I didn't know um, what would cause them to trigger. Um, they're always tied to people, but it would just be like you killed somebody who, who gave you the thing. Right. Um, the uh, so there's a couple like pretty interesting powers. Yeah, we should talk about uh, them because they're like they're a handful that you don't get likely until you level up in the final chapter or so. Yeah, but we should yeah. we, we should mention what a couple of them are. Um, I'm really fond of bounce. We already mentioned that as the uh, as the um, chain lightning power. But if you use that as an upgrade for something else, it will uh, put the chain reactive effect on that as well. Yeah. This is extremely good. I mean, oh, yeah, I guess this is the other thing we have to mention to you. And, and we, we hinted at this early, but I don't think we explicitly said it. Um, when you level up in this game, you have three different options. Um, you can either take uh, additional, um, a, a new passive slot, mm-hmm. a new upgrade slot to one of your, your face buttons, um, or more kind of points, like more build points mm-hmm. uh, for your thing. So these things all have different amounts. So some of them are more powerful than others, but they have additional build points. Right. Um, so just, just, Covering our ass to make sure we get everything. <laughs> right. Uh, get everything. Um, the thing that is most, uh, was most instrumental to me, um, because I took Jaunt off of my active thing and put it onto, uh, Breach so I could snipe, you know, during my downtime, mm-hmm. um, was Switch. Um, oh, Switch is can, so good. You can add charm, you can do chain charm to things. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's kind of, it kind of becomes a pain because you can't hurt things when they're charmed, mm-hmm. but you can take anything out of the fight, yeah. uh, with a minimal, you know, kind of investment. Yeah. Um, um, the, um, what I ended up doing with switch because I did get annoyed by not being able to kill, um, the things that I had charmed, put it on a passive slot. When you retrieve a cell, it will spawn a friendly bad cell, which will act as like a little option for your character. Mm-hmm. Which is neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is, that is very cool. Um, lots and lots of good stuff there, man. <laughs> um, as far as the, the, those functions. So, uh, switch is, switch is super good. Um, what what is the uh, the so tap? There's a drain life one uh, that's extremely good. I just have a list of them open, so we can, yeah, we can hit yeah. them. Um, so adding get. drain drain life onto any function get um, I think get, is the one you're referring to. No, uh, there's well there's tap um, hmm. get I, get I never used get is the thing that pulls things towards you. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I never used get. Mm-hmm. Um, I you, if you throw that on passive, it's very cheap um, as a way to make uh, cells come to you from further. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Was was the idea there? Um, purge uh, and flood, I think, are the two. Uh, no, purge is like the big damage one. Yep. Flood is the one that does damage over time. Um, um, uh, let, let me let, let me see here. So the active slot for flood is protect a storm that disintegrates targets. That's the big damage. Um, purge is the one that does damage over time, oh, okay. uh, it, it, like over the course of like three or so seconds. As a regular thing, that is really powerful. Um, be, yeah. Just because in a single turn you can you, you can just tag a bunch of people with that. Especially if you put it on ping, which you we had from the beginning, but that's the very low damage, incredibly fast, right? Uh, thing. So that, I mean, that's most of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know that we have flood is very good on a passive slot. Um, I I did I wasn't that interested in having like a like a BFG 
attached. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the one that is associated with Royce, who we're going to end up finding here, learning about here pretty soon. Uh, but on a passive slot, um, what that does is it regenerates your life when your turn uh, energy is not recovering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you if you run around, if you pair that with being able to do things while your turn energy is recovering, mm-hmm. you're like less incentivized to be constantly in a state of turn. Right. Um, yeah, that's really good as well. Um, the only one of them that I don't like very much is load, um, which sets a bomb, like a mine that you can then set off. And it's very powerful, but I just ended up using it as a damage boost. Yeah. For, for my bread and butter attack. Load was pretty good. I, or as a, as, as, as an upgrade. Um, yeah. Just using it as an active effect, I, I can foresee certain situations. I think it's just, I thought it was just real finicky. It's very finicky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you know, well, what I would like is to have a way to reliably make sure that people would attack it. Like if it was an exploding decoy that would draw yeah. like weaker enemies toward it to attack and have them have them set it off as opposed to making it making it something I needed to drop and then actively attack afterward. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, decoy, um, which one is it? Is it. Uh, and I think jaunt, if you have it as a um, or the, what, well, there's one of them that gives you a decoy. Hmm. Um, this is, this is probably intolerable to some people. I just want to cover all this stuff cause it's so neat <laughs> yep. and it is like, there's, there's just a lot of it. Uh, maybe it's switch, but there's one of them that gives you a decoy, uh, when you get hurt. Okay. Uh, which is like super, super good. Yeah. Um, that one's great. Um, there's just a bunch of them that are, it's all very good. <laughs> go, go, just replay the first part of the podcast where we talked about how good it was. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good, good, good is the word that you should yeah. probably take away yeah. from this. I think I just uh, wanted to make sure we, we caught them all because we've been picking them up throughout the, the walkthrough we're doing. Yeah. Eventually and, they, they stop being these kind of tentpole things where you find a corpse and then transistor, transistor marks on it. Um, just as you perform these other smaller tasks or more often, these are presented to you as options when you level up. Yeah. yeah. Now, which one of these do you want? Um, and then when you level up, I almost always took the, the more memory mm-hmm. thing. You know, I had, I had one uh, kind of money attack that I had two ads onto it. Uh, and then I did passives and, and, uh, and added more memory. Yeah. So pop that, yeah. pop that bad boy on your X, on your X button. You're good. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I, I forget where, where we were at in the story. Um, um, we just fought the uh, cheerleader 3.0, the yes. creep in the camera. So uh, Asher's talking to us and he says like, hey, the, we no longer control the process. We did. We thought we can contain it without the transistor, but we're wrong. Right. So we are responsible for this uh, bed of chaos style corruption <laughs> spreading throughout the land. Yes. Um, and why you're involved in this is that the camarada handpicked red um, mm-hmm. to kind of bring into their ranks kind of forcibly, um, you know, saying what good could four individuals ever hope to accomplish while you have it right there in your hands. You know, yeah. they, they wanted her as part of this, you know, kind of brush that they were creating. Yeah. And that, and that's what they've been doing. And that's why all these people are sucked into. That's why they're, we've had these disappearances. It's what's been happening. Right. Is these people are being sucked into this kind of this generalized process thing. Um, we get to the top of this tower. Um, we find actually that the two remaining or two of the, the camarada uh, are dead. Yep. Um, at this point, Grant and Asher uh, did not wind up like Sybil and become processed. So they killed themselves. Right. You know, um, and Transistor calls them cowards for doing that. Yeah. You know, for not for not giving giving him the satisfaction of killing them. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, kind of nice, nice subversion there, you know, rather than <laughs> having two other just like boss fights against monsters. You know, it's a, it's a real intentional anticlimax. Yes. Um, so Asher has left one final note. 
you know, he sounds eerily, eerily sedate in this. He sounds resolved. And he ends with saying, you know, see you in the country, which makes no sense right now, but we're going to understand exactly well, we, what they mean later on. We've seen a couple different references to the country uh, in this. And the way that I interpret the country is, you know, if this is a, you know, people have their consciousnesses loaded up mm-hmm. into, into cloud bank, the country is what's outside that. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's kind of the way it's used. It sounds like it's, you know, horrible. Like when people talk about going to the country, it's, mm. it's always implied to be a bad thing up until this point. Um, it shows up in a couple different bios. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, specifically where the, where the final boss fight takes place and where, what we see in the final cutscene, I interpreted the country to be what was inside the transistor, like the, the singularity inside the singularity. I think that's where the final, I think that's where the final cutscene is, but I think that's different than where the final boss fight takes place. I think oh, that oh, the, you're, 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 ex- you're explicitly inside, inside of the transistor. Um, when you're, when you're fighting rice. Yeah, no, 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 I know. But the end part, the, the credits part, the, the credit, like cutscene thing, mm-hmm. I have you in a different layer. Like that, that is you either. I don't think that's you escaping out into the real world. No, what it looks no. like, but that's, that, that doesn't line up with any of the implications. No, it, it it's like you, you, you have. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get, when, it's like when a third we get place there. that they haven't, that oh, I think, you know, I think, just I think it's create. the same place. Like you have gone inside, inside the transistor to be with, to be with him. But you've remade it or something in your own image because the transistor itself is very nightmarish. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is literally a battery farm for people. Yeah. Like you are, you are in the, you know, you are, and there, there's implied batteries around it. Like we'll, we'll get there. We're, we're yeah. talking about being in the transistor, which we'll, we'll get to in about you know 20 minutes. But <laughs> right. the, um, I don't think of the transistor as, as containing a utopia. Like, I don't think it'll work as such yeah. uh, unless it has changed. I think this is, is her using her her abilities that she gets from the thing to make a new new kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So anywho, um, they cannot contain a contain thing. Um, you know, they picked red, as we mentioned, get to the top of the tower, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we see uh, his cat. Uh, he's sitting on top of a, a server or something like that. Oh, nice. We can't interact with the kitty. Um, <laughs> but then we uh, so we get this uh, kind of cutscene transition. Um, to go to Fairview on the back of a swarm of these processes. Right. Like we control that. You know, we do this like riding on a cloud journey to the West <laughs> Dragon Ball thing. I, yeah. I love the action you have to, you have to do is, is, is labeled like, Hey, break this process tank uh, to get yeah. out. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty good. Um, so your final destination is Fairview, but where you get dropped off is back in a place where we have been at the stage where we um, fought Sybil, mm-hmm. you know, back by the gold walk back by the promenade. All of that there. Um, and everything has changed pretty substantially. Everything has been processed, um, to the point where, um, it's white and featureless. And, yeah. you know, we end up fighting, you know, 3.0 versions of the dog enemies, uh, who can go stealth and eat these weeds to heal. The weeds are something we haven't remarked upon mostly because they end up being kind of these environmental hazards. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. both of these have been around. Um, the, uh, uh, so the dogs are a pain in the ass. They, uh, they can outrun you easily right. and are just relentless. So you have to, uh, charm them or dash away from them or use turn or kill them. Um, they're, they're actually a terrible, really annoying enemy. <laughs> um, and then the weeds have always been around there and the weeds always heal, uh, things next to them. Right. So, um, and those have been a thing kind of throughout too. Yeah. So, um, but now there are harder versions and there are also non-aggressive versions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we go through this theater that where there are tons of, uh, these cluckers, uh, who are watching, uh, from the theater. We find, um, 
like people, uh, these creeps, uh, like spray painting mm-hmm. on the wall. And they're not aggressive unless you attack them. Right, right. Um, like the, we're like solidly in the end game. Like it is, uh, I mean, eventually we're going to run into one more major enemy mm-hmm. here in a minute. But this is where the game is transitioning away from kind of being about combat challenges necessarily right. to uh, to being, you know, narrative focused. Right. At least for this small section, like it becomes a bit of a gauntlet in a way that yeah. I'm not entirely crazy about because I don't like the final enemy that they introduce. Yeah, the man's. <laughs> Right. The man's um, a, another terminal um, has the new story of Red's death. Uh, it's weird to be able to read your own obituary. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, and Red uh, uses the comment not to say, hey, this is strange, but to talk, you know, to tell Transistor, I'm going to get you out of this blade. You know, yeah. And somewhere around here, like he's starting to get real morose saying, you know, like, are we going to meet face to face, which is a which is a break. Um, from the way that he's been before, which is kind of resigned to his fate of being, um, you know, this inanimate object. Yeah, it's set in. Yeah, for him, and things are looking like shit. Uh-huh. Like more and more is taken over by this process. You know, so yeah, it doesn't look good. Um, you get to the, you uh when you get to the gold walk uh here, the spine starts attacking, and the spine is back, <laughs> and uh, the transistor uh you know is 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 being affected by it, and even when you. You know, you dodge all these spine attacks, you get to Junction Jans, which is closed down. (laughs) And this is what makes it set in for Drunk Transistor. This is a tragedy. Yeah. Even Junction's, even Junction Jans. Yep. No more flatbread. Oh. (laughs) Um, Past the promenade, you get your first interaction with the final member of the Camerata, Royce Brackett of Brackett Tower fame, um, who Mm -hmm. is the architect of Cloud, uh, of Cloud Bank. Uh, yeah. of, of the city he is kind of this uh, socially maladjusted genius scientist um who has made everything possible um and he is talking to you through a proxy so like this flying tv screen you know he wants the process to stop too and it seems like he is extending some kind of hand of cooperation to you to work with him to help stop this from happening yeah that, that's kind of the, the, the what's being presented uh, to at this point, so use this this uh, this other terminal to create a bridge to Fairview where you need to go, um, and the transistor helps uh, you do this. Um, it's a malfunctioning thing, but the transistor is able to do it because this was a a powerful action or a powerful object. Mm-hmm. You know, they were creating it for a reason. We thought we could control the process without the transistor. Right. Uh, you have the transistor. go across the thing and we get in this like the cool the combat uh gauntlet that you mentioned cool yeah um so there are uh enemy there's these enemies called men and they have different they're different kinds yeah. so there's like you know uh like fast man <laughs> shooty man i can't remember <laughs> the, the man, names guts for man uh yeah, it's, essentially uh, yes yeah, yeah, so, uh, the the sturdy man ones are the more durable there's the speedy ones uh who are fast mm-hmm. the stealthy ones uh mm-hmm. fucking hate the stealthy ones uh because yeah. they're they're cloaked you can't hit them uh, you can see yeah. them, but you just uh, have to wait, uh, wait for them and goad them uh, to make themselves uh, vulnerable to you, which is a break in the turn rhythm that I don't really appreciate. They're they're really um, they do a lot of damage as well. 
the thing that makes these – I don't mind these that much is that uh, uh, Transistor doesn't make enemies immune to things. So you have this like powerful suite of debuffs and like the thing with man and I was like, oh, like, you know, these guys are tough. Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder if I can charm them. And like you just throw charm on ping and it's really cheap and you can charm them from it like any distance, mm. you know. So like charming two of them while you fight the third one makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, if I didn't do that, it would it would be really hard. Yeah, I did. But And they, they do force you to kind of like if I mean, I'm sure there's other ways to do it, but it felt like there were fewer correct, you know, methods for this. Yeah, um, I, I didn't end up doing that. So bad on me for not just, you know, thinking around that particular corner. I also didn't appreciate. So they've got these, um, additional enemies that they can spawn called haircuts. They're these kind of flying tangles of hair like stuff. Um, they're kind of kamikaze bombers. Uh, when they hit you, they do a shitload of damage. Um, most of your health bar. So even if you're somewhat compromised, it ultimately equates to something approaching an instant death or an instant loss of a power. So, like, I died once to Sepple before, and I died a handful of times in this gauntlet because of these haircuts kind of sneaking up on me before I yeah. adapted to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 it's, it's hard for me to think of what they should have done differently other than have something that you have to, like, adapt to. Right. Hard. Like, right. this, this, you know, it almost feels like the only real hard part of the game mm -hmm. to me. Like, it is, it is the puzzle part. Yeah. You know, and it's not like they're not super fun to fight, you know, which is kind of where I am not super up on them. You know, like the haircut things, like the first time one hits you, it's a, it's a real bummer, you yeah, know, because yeah. it's like, well, shit, you know, like what? <laughs> and they, they multiple uh, men can shoot multiple haircuts at you. Good <laughs> video games are good. Um, and the, uh, so the, uh, and so you can you can get kind of like, you know, you have a little bit of invincibility when you get hit, but you can kind of, kind of get chain slammed, you know, from them. So it is like a bummer. Yeah. Uh, until you kind of adjust. Yeah. And they're real generous with terminals at this point. Um, like you get terminals like every one or two encounters. Um, yeah. some of them though, it's like, it's like Dark Souls three levels of like seeing bonfires from, from bonfires. <laughs> right. You know, so like there is a place where you can literally see a terminal from the yeah. other terminal. Yeah. So like they, they, they are, they're trying to make it easy on you, but it's, it's a weird thing where I felt like they didn't know how to up the difficulty without playing their ace card. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at the end, but, uh, it feels like there is less possibility space. Right. So I'm sympathetic to like being bummed out by, um, yeah, I don't just, know what I would have done differently either, though. I, I would have liked to have seen them introduce one of these guys a little bit earlier. I don't see a story reason why they have to be so rarefied. Um, mm. And uh, like it would it would feel less like a final act. Fuck you or hear something completely different. If one of these guys was like a boss or a mini boss encounter before um, with with this particular move set as a as it stands, it is a weird it is a weird thing to do to the rhythm of the game um, to add them in so late. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, they do something very similar to that in Bastion, but Bastion is a more actiony game. Yeah, yeah. So it feels a little bit different when they introduce these characters that you have to kind of dodge and, you know, Dark Souls fight. Yeah. You know, it's, when you, when you start fighting the, uh, the enemy or whatever they're it, called. It's not insurmountable. And I think that this is one of those complaints that is actually just a secret compliment to the rest of the game because everything else has been really buttery smooth, not mm. unchallenging, not, you know, <laughs> not, com not completely without engagement because it just lets you go. It just, uh, that like this, this is a level, uh, it, it's like a step too far. It feels, it feels, uh, not of a piece of the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel that way, but not quite as strong. Yeah. So like, I see what you mean, but I, it didn't bother me quite as much, but right. I, I'm not going to go to bat for him. Mm -hmm. Um, as things. So, um, you fight like a lot of them too. 
So it is it is the uh, the game kind of like throwing out all the stops. Right. Yeah, there's one um, there's one particular encounter that mixes a couple of instances of all of the different types. So it's a little bit like a D&D party fight. Um, and yeah. that, that was one that, uh, it took me a couple tries to get past. Yeah. This, this is definitely where it gets a little bit tough. Yeah. Um, you eventually, you, after you do this, you get to Royce. Um, and he's, you know, he's got this, uh, you know, probably this, this, uh, process sickness. Right. You know, like he's, he's transforming. So he's not quite, uh, all there. The, the rhythm and, of his speech is really fascinating because he repeats things quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes down these little rabbit holes mid sentence. Like the performance that they put into him says a lot about either what his, you know, the state of his mind was before as kind of this genius scientist, um, or what he is kind of descended to as kind of somebody who is monomaniacally obsessed with the process itself. Yeah. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. The, um, and when you get to him earlier on, um, Asher said that, you know, you can get into the, the transistor, but it's a one way trip. You know, like, so it's very explicitly like once you get in, you, you can't get out. Um, he says to put in, you know, put it in the cradle and this will stop the process. And when you do so, um, the transistor says, Hey, you know, you're right. I love you. The screen goes white and you wake up, uh, in the, the transistor with Royce. Yes. Um, apparently there is a way to get out of the process, but it's a, it's, you know, it's a one way shot. Like one person can do it. Right. It's because he brought a transistor inside the transistor with him. So you are battling. And, and so did you. Right. You know, so, so like you, you have one as well, but there's, so I don't, I don't know exactly what makes the difference while one of you can get out and one of you can't. Uh, unfocus your eyes has to be a battle for, battle yeah, for exactly. the death. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it is a, there, there can be only one <laughs> right. kind of thing. I also don't like, and this kind of looks like it is. So this looks like the real world a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my first assumption when I first played it. Because there, if, if the idea is the cloud, cloud bank is people being kind of having their consciousness uploaded, you know, which is the impression that I have mm-hmm. from it, then having everyone in these pods, like you were in the sea of these pods. Yeah. You know, um, that, that look like the battery scene from the matrix, you know, almost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this makes a lot of sense for this to be the real world, but it's also explicitly inside the transistor. I, I have, I have no idea. Like if it, like if all of this is a metaphor and they just, developed this kind of farm aesthetic um you know the the people who made the transistor itself you know they needed a world to put this in so it wasn't just a a a big void and so somebody decided they wanted to model a farm and also a farm where they keep all these all these personalities that they have assimilated to power the thing itself Mm -hmm. um i could see that as well like you know, in that case, it wouldn't be the physical bodies of the people who have been who who have been kind of incorporated into Cloud Bank itself. These are the personalities who have been assimilated to power the transistor for the Camerata's ends, and also for, um, strangely, uh, your combat abilities. Right, right. right. So you're in the thing that has has your abilities. The, the weird thing that gives doesn't like give lie to that, but you you see sixteen of them, mm-hmm. right, like on the screen. But on either edge of the screen, there are implied like rows of more of them. Right. It's a, it's a know, like this endless field of, of people, which, which is not, you know, and, and you've, the, the transistor has sucked in a lot of people, but everything we know about the camarada at this point is that they were being very intentional right. about who they chose. Um, you know, when you get to that disappearance section on everyone's trading card, mm-hmm. it talks about, uh, the circumstances of, of what, but it also hints at why the camarada wanted them. Right. You know, to kind of get this, there's also like a, a bunch of stuff with, um, Asher that gives us a bunch of information about the kind of the camarada's goals 
that is, is hard to directly square with everything. Right. So like we learn, you know, why they wanted to do this. There's this whole idea of uh, when everything changes, nothing changes. Right. You know, that is like, you know, the TV tropes arc words uh, <laughs> to this game, you know, that comes up a lot. And the idea is that this utopia that they had where everyone votes on the weather, every food is free. Everyone who you, you know, who shows up in the town, like nobody is uh, picking up the shit mm-hmm. in this town. Everyone is an artist, athlete, or like otherwise philosopher king. It's a rapture. You know? like, yeah. Yeah, it, it, is, it is a rapture. Like everybody on their trading cards, it says like what their specialization is. And then they have to give a reason for wanting to do it. Right. Like what their motivation is. So it's like it feels very much like a utopian, like constructed it's, society. Like it's, it's an entire society of Rampa characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But without, you know. All that, uh, all that distasteful Danganronpa. What? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm just, Jeez, man. <laughs> I, I couldn't get through that game. Okay. I, I tried. Okay. It's, uh, you had to, you had to care about, I feel like I had to care about anime tropes to see them subverted. Okay. Like, it's like the first time a big booby girl came up, it's like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I can't, I don't care if it's playing with a trope, I just never want to see a big anime booby girl, like, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I can't look at it, you yeah. know? Um, but the, uh, I re- I recognize that they do cool things mm-hmm. once you get past that, you know? Different antibodies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it is like, you know, the, these people are all like self-actualized people, you know? So it has this like, you know, and the, 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 the impression I got is the camarada were just like, yeah, like perfection, you know, with no change, like this is meaningless. Right. You know, it is, it is the, the boringness and the, the, the placidness, uh, uh, of a, of a utopia, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they were rebelling against and it got out of hand. Right. You know, doing this thing to kind of change things. And they needed these people who are going to be in the transistor, who are these great minds they were trying to get, including Red. Yep. You know, like, so they're trying to get Red, who is a, <laughs> is a wonderful talent. Um, and it's just, you know, your boyfriend jumping in the way that fucked it up. Yep. To, I know? mean, to, to taking every, you know, taking everybody almost literally to Galt's Gulch and, you know, to, to, to the farm, to the country. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, um, and so your boyfriend, the reason why, um, Transistor speaks to you, the reason why he is sentient and not just kind of assimilated and entirely in the jar is because he never declared, you know, mm-hmm. when, when you examine the attack, when you examine breach, which is the, which is the function that is associated with him, um, there's no, there, there's nothing, there's no portrait, there's no specialty that he has declared, there's no reason. And as you upgrade and move that around, each little bit of his uh, of his profile um, is just a different way of saying, like, yeah, there's no data here. You know, he didn't want to be a part. You know, he he didn't want to be in the well, system. It's not, it's not just him. He was never intended to be. So, like, the Camerata were, like I said, they were intentional. Oh, the, like this, this this is throughout all of CloudBank. So it was so when everybody was assimilated, they were assimilated as per what they had declared. Um, and Mister No Name, because he was not even in CloudBank system, you know, properly registered. Um, he was not actually dropped into the jar. He remained at the surface level of, you know, the intelligence able to communicate. Well, you don't, you don't actually get, uh, that information from people. You don't get their trading cards outside of the, the transistor. No. Right. So like the, uh, the way that I saw that was the transistor, you know, the camarada were very intentional about who they were putting into the transistor. Mm-hmm. So it had them. And since he was an accident, like he's not registered as such, I think he probably did have, you know, a place in the society. You know, we know it like he was a bodyguard, like he would, you know, he was a thing, Mm -hmm. Um, but he was never intended for the transistor. Yeah. And that's what upset the apple cart that kind of sets the game into motion. Yeah. 
So it's it's interesting to talk about, talk about. There's it is it leaves enough to the imagination that it doesn't feel like there are concrete answers. Yeah, I don't I don't think either of us either of our answers particularly preclude the other. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the case too. And a lot of it is open to interpretation because I, mm-hmm. I read a lot of people, you know, after you do this fight that I. I, I swear I actually do want to talk about um, <laughs> you get to this, you know, you have this like very kind of in a way, like very happy ending, yeah. um, you know, that uses the imagery of, of parrot, you know, kind of paradise imagery mm-hmm. uh, for it. And it's up to interpretation of what that means. Um, and just like a, so many people I know who are like, Oh, that's, you know, you getting out of the simulation. <laughs> and it's like, no, the simulation was really good though. Like, <laughs> right. like, you know, it wasn't, uh, it can't, and, and, and going to the country, like going out of the simulation, which is always what I assume that was mm-hmm. as opposed, cause if the country was just inside the transistor, like it's, it's referred to before that. Yeah. It'd be weird. It's referred to in like context for people that would not be familiar with this, you know, this magic USB stick. Yeah. So it just, it just doesn't follow. And I, I just, uh, you know, I'd love to, to know, Mm-hmm. You know, but it does, it's not really important to know. Yeah, it, I, guess. I just you know? I, I don't think these were ever people to begin with or if they were, that was so far in the past that there is no physical body for them to return to. There is nothing for them to manifest as. So the idea of getting out and living their life, you know, in in prime reality as opposed to the simulation, I think everything is beyond that at this point. Yeah, it might be that it's literally they no longer exist or it could just be, you know, they created this because it's, you know, it's like Soma. Yeah. You know, they create it because it's terrible, mm-hmm. uh, the actual reality. Um, so we're dealing with like simulations within simulations. Like yeah. with my with I feel like there are like four levels of reality uh, <laughs> in, in this that I can think of if I count the end credits, you know, as, uh-huh. as a new thing. Right. It's pretty bonkers. Um, anywho. You wake <laughs> up in this this place where, the, you know, there are all of these tanks of people uh, inside the transistor and you do your final boss fight against Royce. And in a really, you know. This game's version of the like subversive brilliant twist that Bastion does <laughs> is that he has the same power set that you do. Yep, down to yep. the ability to use the turn function uh, because yes. he has a transistor and that is a thing that is inherent to that device. So um, the, the this is amazing. The rhythm of the fight is the two of you trading turns. You see him freeze time. You cannot move, and you watch him dialing his attacks in, and then he will run away and try and dodge your shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's doing the same thing that you would do, right? Um, you know, try to build up for his turn, and you have to ki- and you kill him three times. Like he, you take away his functions, <laughs> right? You know, and as you kill him, he gets less power. You know, less powerful as the same thing happens to you. Uh, the first time I played this, it was very tricky mm-hmm. uh, for me, kind of pre uh, super user revelation. <laughs> um, and he has a lot. Of, he has a thousand hit points every every turn, so it's a, it's a tricky fight, um, and it feels very uh, kind of excuse me, kind of demoralizing when you get frozen. Mm-hmm. You know, he does things to you. But then you actually uh, something that happened for me in this fight was I realized like, oh, like these don't actually trigger until after he's unplanning. <laughs> a lot of times there is something I can do. Right. Like you, you, you know, if I had I didn't have dash tied, but you could dash out of the way or some of the times he would use the uh, the the poison attack that um, if it's not added to something else, it just creates a slow moving cloud. Mm hmm. You know, and it was just like, oh, I can move out of the way and mitigate some of this damage and yeah. fuck up his estimates. The same way enemies have been doing that to me the entire game. Yeah. You know, uh, very, very cool. Like, really, really great final boss boss fight. Yeah. Um, it's, man, it's such a regular kind of video game thing, fighting somebody who is very similarly powered to you. Like the Dark mm-hmm. Link fight. Think that, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that what you have thought has been an, an interface conceit the entire time is actually a superpower that somebody else can use against you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit, oh man, was that something like in Soul Reaver where the person could, uh, could basically save and reload while they were fighting you? Like there was a boss that uh, was, that was an undertale. I don't know. I don't know if it, if <laughs> no, no, it was, it was something like the, like the boss, the boss had a similar, um, a similar ability to go in and out of, um, of reality like you could. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't, you know what? I, I remember so little about Soul Reaver. <laughs> I didn't mean to compare this, compare this great game to a bad game, but that is something, you know, just pull, pulling up other examples of this. Something that I ran into, um, is, uh, like managing the phase of your turns. Because what would what would sometimes happen is like RAP regeneration and like let's say like initiative points were so close to each other that like <laughs> there were times where if I didn't fire off my my, my turn function, uh, Royce would be able to get in a couple of like an extra turn on me on top of it, and mm-hmm. so like making sure that I was in the right position to be close enough to get off my attacks, but also activate. Um, also activate the switch or the, the, the turn at the exact right time, uh, was, was as much of a part of this as anything was managing that phase. So, yeah, it's, it, it's a good, it's a good complication to add for a final boss fight because you're familiar. I mean, you're, you're familiar with the way his powers work because you've been using them for five hours. Yeah. And I love that part when, you know, when your, your meters are kind of similar and it becomes this thing where you have to be really quick on the draw. Yeah. Like you want to get the thing because if you crash him, if you can if you can take him out one of his powers, he it resets yeah. his thing. So it can come be very important to you to like really jam on the button, mm-hmm. you know. So super neat. And for me, it came down to like I had one one power left, and I just it feels like I got it in in a hair, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's he's it's pretty tough. Yeah. Um. So after you uh you beat him, like he is surprised to lose and be trapped yeah. inside here. You know, you cannot. Uh, you can get out. He cannot. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of the first time that he speaks with any affect too. Um, yeah. Prior to this, he's he's spoken in kind of very flat terms, you know, kind of laying out his philosophy, laying out his reasons for what he has done. Here, he is, you know, genuinely anguished um, by you know the idea that he, you know, is like this is his prison, this is his tomb. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, so you return to Cloudbank, and now that you have the transistor and you have kind of the power, like it's either been merged with the cradle or somehow you have this thing you start kind of rebuilding yeah. parts of it. you restore part of the uh, square um you know you walk up to where your body uh where your your buddy's body was your body was and his body was mm-hmm. um in the beginning of the game and you know there's a little bit of an implied choice where like you could rebuild the city now mm-hmm. you know um but there's nobody in it like yeah. it is it is a big empty dead world yeah all, all you know? <laughs> and it's kind of revealed when you Using using the transistor as a brush, when you bring back the little square where your boyfriend's body was, where you know where Mister Mystery's body was, and that didn't bring him back to life. No, it's just it's just where he was. Yeah, this is like this is a lifeless life, lifeless husk. You've killed or seen disposed of every last person who would have been you know who, who would have helped inhabit this place, right? Yeah. It, it ends up like being a really interesting um, kind of twist on the, the Bastion ending thing, because the, the Bastion um, is about, you know, if you read that as, as I do, um, as we, we kind of talked about as like a metaphor for kind of, you know, trying to try again, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, you can rebuild, you can restart things, but you're going to make the same mistakes. You're going to eternal sunshine yourself. Um, you know, that's one way of looking at that. At it. This is a thing where like you can start over but without the things that give it meaning or context. Right. You know, it is kind of about, um, you know, in a weird way, it is more about if, if Bastion is about this breakup, 
this other than like the heady ideas about like what is real and, and stagnation yeah. and, you know, when everything changes, nothing changes. But if it's not uh, that it is about like, is it worth moving on without this person? Mm-hmm. You know, like it ends up being like a very, very strong like love story at the center of this. Like yeah. there are more sci-fi ideas in it, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but it does have this like, yeah, I don't want like literally I don't want to live in this world without you. Right. You know, you know? like if all I, if all I could bring back was your body, if there is no way to put everything that makes you you into that. Well, there's no, there, there's no reason to be a part. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's just his body too. It's not like, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> right. dead body. Like, but, it, you know, but that's, he's still but, gone. But that, that that's, yeah. that, that, that's what I mean. Like you're, you're effectively dead. You're in here for good now. Um, yeah. you know, and that's going to be the case for everybody else. You know, like if you look at this also as a story about cloud bank, the thing that has made this, place vibrant and special the thing that you know transistor was remarking upon every time you went to a new place about what this used to be about who used to be here the people who used to you know sing in the clubs and (laughs) all of this culture everything's gone you could bring back the town but there wouldn't be anybody else there red would be there alone yeah there's there's no use for it it'd be it'd be futile you have there's there's a big part of this that feels like the way that spaces are contextualized by the relationships within them yes you know, as opposed so to, much. you know, yeah, yeah. That, that's a really, you know, really good kind of resonant message again with a lot of other messages, because this is a deeper, <laughs> like more complicated game, I think. Yes. Than, than Bastion, like the Bastion messaging really appeals to me. This messaging appeals to me as well. And there's a lot of different interesting things to think about. Yeah. Um. So what you choose to do instead of. What Red chooses on, to do, because it's Red, the only yeah. ending. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like a bastion where you have a, a choice, um, stabs herself. She sits down next to you. She stabs herself with a transistor to join you inside the sword to join mystery man inside. Transistor yes. Itself. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. like throughout this, throughout this entire time, um, the mystery man is begging her not to, he knows what she's, what she's doing. He sees every, every step of the way. He doesn't want her to die. She, he doesn't want her to suffer the same, the same fate that he has, you know, to be separated you know, to, 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 to move beyond the veil or whatever it is. And it's like that, that performance is incredibly good. It's, it's kind of heartbreaking. Um, but you know, she, she, she ends it, you know, she ends this, this step and we're treated to the sequence, you know, this kind of flow of images of her and the person who, who was, you know, inside the sword and will be inside the sword, you know, kind of living their life together in cloud bank. Yeah. Yeah, and and well, not living in in Cloudbank, like presumably, like because they're in this again, this this kind of paradise imagery, like oh, like they're the, in it. Yeah. Oh, oh like in, I, I, my idea was you are seeing the images of what they were. That's why it's in black and white. Uh, okay. When they're actually inside the sword, we're like whatever they they have moved on to next. That's what we see at the end when they speak yeah the to credit each other. like the credits part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the very like beautiful you know idyllic images, right. and that's either you know the idea that is what the being inside the transistor is like if you, you know, if you have each other or they, you know, she has used her powers. Like she, you know, becomes the super user, mm-hmm. you know, at the end can like make bridges can, you know, she's merged. Like the, the transistor is merged with the, the cradle mm-hmm. um, in the process. This could just be a world that she literally made for the two of them. Right. As well. You know, this could be that fourth level of reality when they, you know, they, they say hi to each other in that way that like, you know, uh, feels very <laughs> real and lived in. Yeah. Um, you know, that people do when they love each other and haven't seen each other in a long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, and, and, uh, and you're hearing her speak for the first time. So, yeah. Yeah. And then embrace and that's the ending. And it's, it's really good. Really powerful. You know, it is, it is a really, really uh, emotionally resonant, good ending. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am so happy to have been able to play this game. I know I could have yeah. pulled the trigger on it, on it at any time, but you know how fast things move. You know, sure. even, you know, I'm not just saying like, I don't have time to play games for fun. That's not the message here. It's just the, the, the moment passed, right? Yeah. This came out. I like bashing it off a lot. It just didn't rise, rise up to, you know, rise up to it and you just missed your window. Um, yeah. Having... Mr. Window. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> having a chance to sit down and play this and look at it in depth and have it, have it really resonate has been, has been a real treat. Um, it's a real shame, you know, that, that this is a conversation about the conversation, but it's a real shame to see that this is a divisive game, you know, and I can mm-hmm. understand some of the reasons, but, uh, I just think the choices they, that they made in this are so smart. And, you know, when we talk about that gradient, you know, we, we, we haven't talked about it for a while, um, but between story and, you know, functionality, and, you know, we, we've accepted that, that that is not a, a zero sum game between them. This hits both of those cylinders so well yeah. by, by empowering the player, making your choices meaningful, making it feel good, you know, stopping time and executing all of those little strings never, never stopped feeling great. Um, yeah. All the mixing and matching and then just the depth of the theme and the ambiguity and the complexity that has led to the conversations we've had here. And I'm sure a lot of the stuff I'm going to read about this, even as the game continues sinking in for me. Um, that's remarkable. That's rare even in the games that we decide to cover here. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredibly rich. Yeah. Like it's super rich. There's a lot to think about. Um, and, and it's also uh, very noteworthy that the degree to which you want to opt in is up to you on both accounts. So the story, you know, the, those, uh, those little, you know, everyone's trading cards, you can read those and put together the pieces to the degree that you want to. You can also, there are a couple of places where it forces you to mix up your tactics, but you can find something pretty early. Like the abilities you get in the beginning are very potent mm-hmm. and stick with them for almost the entire game. So it's up to you how much you want to play with the depth on either end. And to be able to make that work, like that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of games don't. Uh, a lot of games, you know, when we talk about it, where like a game will work one way and not the other, mm-hmm. you know, or like it's just like this actually has a, has a very good. Um, so like, you take like one of my like favorite games. So like Torment doesn't work if you don't want to put in the work to read and like get the story. Right. You know, it, it, it's it's you know maybe my favorite game of all time, but it doesn't work if you don't want to do that. You know, this does, though, you know, it, and, and part of it is is it being just a smaller story and a smaller, you know, very deep, but, but you know, very brief as well kind of a sketch part of it is that um but part of it is just how like well executed it is mm-hmm. you know to to allow you to do that it's really impressive like it is so weird that you know it makes me want to i mean i'm not going to because i'm trying to play our uh, our winter rpg but it makes me want to dive into pyre because it's like how is one studio doing this shit <laughs> uh you know there's like just like these indie guys who are just like yeah. I, killing I mean, it they're incredibly talented and they give themselves a lot of time you know they yeah. They, they they took three years to develop Transistor, you know, and that is kind of paid dividends. And it took them another three years to make Pyre. Like they, you know, it, it is the combination of resources, talent, and time that is, and, and also uh, what appears to be an abundance of really really good ideas. You know, yeah, like that, like that 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 is the formula, and it's not easy to replicate. And that's why you don't see it very often. I I, I love that they, uh, you know, they don't rest on their their laurels right. at all. You know, that uh, they that everything is kind of new. There are new ideas being explored, uh, both like narratively and gameplay wise Mm -hmm. and like everything they do. So, 
really excited to play Pyre. Really, uh, really happy that John uh, suggested that we play this. Yeah. Man, and even his other option would have been really good. Like, John John was on point with the stuff that he wanted us to do. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe someday he'll get it for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's Transistor. Um, you know, really beautiful, great game. Uh, I think everyone should play it. Play it. Five yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's literally, it's an afternoon. Like, I beat it in two settings, I think, mm-hmm. uh, this time around. So um, if you uh, if you have anything to say about what we have coming up next, um, uh, or, hit us or up this. at dot. <laughs> or, 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 yeah, I guess that's true. Or Transistor. Uh, you have until the 15th. Yep. So um, Transistor, Thimbleweed Park, or Actraiser. Yes. Um, you have until the 15th of November to hit us up with mm-hmm. your comments. Yes. Um, also, if you have anything to say about The Witcher 3, yeah, hit us up with your con- content uh, comments by December 15th. December the 15th. Really looking forward to that. We've been, w- we had been hinting very obliquely at what that was going to be uh, before we mm-hmm. announced it last week. Um, man, that is such a special game. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it, it feels a uh, real, real masterclass. Do you do you think that people? Are going to get sick of us being overly positive now because people are real <laughs> sick of us being overly negative. But it's like we we came out of you know from Resident Evil three like Code Veronica was a blip, but from like Code, uh, Resident Evil three through December, like th- those are all games that I really really like. And yeah. it's not it's not like a thing where like I'm going to run into Actraiser and it doesn't hold up because I played Actraiser and I still really like it. Uh huh. Um. So like, you think people are going to get sick of that? Because they might. M- maybe. Uh. You know. I, I, it was a tweet that I made a, a, a long while back, but the biggest sin that you can that you can uh, commit is to not dis not like or dislike the right things at the right amount. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, the Dark Souls paradigm. Yeah, the uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be really curious if if people do because the The Witcher Three, as much as it was like you know the most you know award winning game and stuff, does have its detractors. Like mm-hmm. there are tons of people who just like it just doesn't work for right. Uh, you know, since it's such a huge game, it comes up on our Slack all the time, even before we announced it. And uh, there's just some people are just like, yeah, that sucks. I don't like Geralt. I don't like any part of this. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know what, Bo? But this is like the best open world yeah. fantasy game it's like, like ever been. But, like between, <laughs> between, yeah. between this and Alpha Protocol, there's no reason for us to ever do Mass Effect. Because everything Mass Effect does really, really well. Both of those games do so much better. That That's, yeah, that's... uh. It's interesting to hear. Like, oh, I still want to give. I still want to do your Mass Effect. Yeah, it feels it feels fair. <laughs> well, no, I just your I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know that Mass Effect Two is, is is something that I like that that we that we would be able to say a, an awful lot about. And again, in relation to the fact that oh, these other games have done it so much better, I have mm. tremendously good memories of playing those. But I think that I think that has been surpassed. I know. That, I, I know a lot of people are going to be upset to hear that if they thought that that was going to pop up here sometime soon. Um, yeah, I wonder if people thought it was going to be this winter. Because uh, they they might have that would have met some of the the hints. That, yeah, that would that would have made a certain amount of sense. Um, 
I don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, we're not, uh, we're not worth saying never. Um, oh yeah. But, never, never say never. I just, uh, I, Witcher 3 is scratching a lot of my itches. I, I guess all of that is, is to say that like this, you know, that this is my kind of game. Um, yeah. in, in, in a lot of ways. It is, um, it's really, really impressive to me. Yeah. It is, it is, uh, one of, one of the, uh, it's, it's really well written in a way within the context of the genre it is mm-hmm. in a way like, you know, it's not, again, you know, not torment just to make that, you know, two times and we'll see if we get a bingo <laughs> on this episode. It's not torment like well written, but it is, uh, for the genre it is, it's like what I want to see, uh-huh. you know, if that, if that makes sense. Like they've found the perfect protagonist and set up for <laughs> that kind of big open world right. experience. And it shoot all, um, elements of morality. So. Yeah, yeah, in a in a way that sound you know that is not cynical and shitty. Mm-hmm. Like it just it feels real and good in a way that like just makes Skyrim seem like a fucking nightmare. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like a dumb nightmare. Yeah. Like okay, like I yeah that's oh I'm the dragonborn. Okay, <laughs> you know like I don't know it, it it just it gives lie to like a lot of other games in the genre to me. Yeah. Um, again, never, not saying never, but it just like, it makes them because like, there there are things that you get from that game that you don't get from this, but. It's just it's very special is the point. Yeah, it's 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 impressive what they managed to pull off um, has both a high degree of difficulty and also um, a high degree of uh, um, let's say sophistication. Let's say that. Have you played um, The Witcher one? No, it is uh, janky as all fuck out. Like I <laughs> some at some point I will beat that game. Um, I think it is really hostile and annoying yeah. <laughs> for the most part while having like a lot of the same cool like flavor. Mm-hmm. To it. Um, but the, the actual gameplay is very annoying. Um, it's amazing how far they came. Like it wasn't a short time, but if you put those two games next to each other, it is like incredible seeing I, the difference. The Witcher two, I played a little bit of that. That's that's a little bit closer to what you see. Like oh, they, yeah. they they have an intermediate step. Yeah, it it is. Uh, they they made some progress. Yeah. So good uh, good for them. Yeah. So like we said, um, this game Transistor, um, Thimbleweed Park, or Actraiser, November fifteenth, or The Witcher three. Um, on December the 15th. Remember, we are not doing the, uh, the DLC as of just yet because we want to give the main game room to breathe. Yes. Um, so don't get him, like, don't worry. We're going to, we're going to get to those because we know that we know that they're really good. Uh, it's just not going to be part of this winter. Yes. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll happen this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, if you, uh, if you want to get episodes a week in advance, if you want to executive produce an episode like this one, like John did, um, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. One of the benefits of that is you get a shout out on air at a certain uh, tier. Um, so we'd like to take this opportunity to thank James Seward Jr. Yeah. Hey, yeah. thanks, James Seward uh, Sr.'s son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like it when your name is also Directions. Like, oh, Seward. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Seward yeah. James. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm sure most of us are closer to an ocean than somebody else at any given moment. So, yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Jason Horner. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Christopher Urquhart or Urquhart. I, I, I think Urquhart. Ur- yeah. yeah. Uh, like Fergus Urquhart of the Interplay of Interplay fame. Mm. Hmm. Um, thank you, Scott Dryman. Yeah. Thanks, Dryman. Dry, <laughs> Dryman and Seaward are going to get into a fight here and just to decide who's the brackish. <laughs> who's the brackish bracket and see who can, um, can uh, clash of those titans and then uh finally uh suvesh uh pratapa yes which if i mispronounce that i apologize but thank you very much i'm, I'm sure i'm sure we're like batting batting 200 on that. yeah about yeah about halvesies maybe yeah maybe uh, 
So um, even though I always I forget that betting because betting 4.0 is not the, the, this, is that 100 percent? This has been a running theme for six months. We, <laughs> we, we 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 start with batting, and then we have no idea what the numbers mean afterwards. So we just say a number. So I said batting two hundred. Uh, yeah, in that, like, did you we mean it as fifty percent, or did you mean it as twenty percent? I guess is uh, no. I, I meant it as twenty percent. Uh, okay. I think you're confusing batting averages with GPAs, but also batting two hundred is really really good. Yeah, like, hitting, you, you, you would be in the Hall of Fame like immediately. Yeah, hitting hitting two two out of every ten. Is two, what that two, is? two out of every, uh, yeah, out of every, yeah, out of every ten. Yeah, that's what I thought. Unless it's five, and then it's two out of every five, and then the most you can do in batting is batting five hundred. But I always mm-hmm. heard batting four hundred as like the, you know, the as, good as, thing as, as, as the ultimate one. Um, yeah. Boy, we're that's a couple of dipshits. That doesn't seem that seems so important, seems so smart to me. <laughs> <laughs> out of ten, that's not very good baseball players. Yeah. Um, I've been in a batting cage. <laughs> the. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, uh, somebody a, needs some. A couple uh, of missed about loot d- dipshits is what we are. No, I, mean, it's, I think that people understood what we meant. Though. Yeah, we should bit. we should just use the percentage. Yeah, like batting batting thirty percent. You know, it's <laughs> not like a couple of stats are, nerds. <laughs> like, well, oh, you mean like everybody who likes baseball? Ooh, uh, this is more or less true. Like it is, it is a really dorky sport. Yeah. It's full of stats and and D and D things. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, like cracking the bat. <laughs> the crack of the back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the boys are somewhere back. Oh um, man, um, <laughs> I don't know what else to add. Uh, this is coming out after the Portland Retro Games Expo. Uh, presuming we uh, have have lived through that and had a good time. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for coming out. We had a good time. It's been a good time in the past. So if we if we didn't have a good time, uh, go fuck yourself, Jeff. <laughs> it's always um. Jeff. It's always <laughs> Jeff over, over there. He he made friends with Chet. Yeah, Jeff and Chet, the original assholes. Uh, (laughs) Man, um, thanks, original assholes and non-assholes alike. Yeah, yeah, and uh, until next time, uh, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um, They should watch out for Country Dog and his cousin, City Dog. (laughs) It's a band. (laughs) Well... (laughs) 